Sup, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt Rabbit Hole Recap. What did we just record? It was a rabbit hole recap rip, and it was a long rip. Matt and I just talked about a bunch of things. Very, very long list today. I'm going to let you guys proceed to the episode. I'm not going to bore you with too much. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's helping you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats. If you so please, we're saying sats, 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 sats. Give me the sats. Give me the sats. Give me, give me, give me the sats, because sats are the smallest denomination of a Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats. There are 100 million sats in a whole Bitcoin. All right, you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. A lot of people out there are like, oh my God, Bitcoin's like $37,000. I can't afford that. You don't have to. You can buy a little as a dollar. You can buy as little as a dollar worth of sats. And right now, that'll get you about 2,682 sats, Okay. You can DCA in the sats on the cash app. You can buy daily, weekly, bi-weekly, set it and forget it. So you just have it going in the background. You're just constantly stacking, stacking, stacking. You can get sats back with their Bitcoin boost when it's offered. You can get up to $7.50 worth of sats back for shopping anywhere Visa is accepted with your boost card, right? Cash app can be your bank account and has routing numbers and uh, account numbers. So you can get your paycheck direct deposit into the app. So you can just start stacking immediately. You can become your new bank account. Uh, yeah, that's what we got. Use the code stacking sats. That's S T A C K I N G S A T S. When you download the app, you're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This trip was also brought to you by a good, great, incredible, lovely, beautiful professional, smart, security-conscious friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained is doing uh, incredible things to provide financial services products for Bitcoiners with a security-first mindset. Uh, actually, before we get into the Volt program, their white glove concierge service, I want to give them a particular shout-out um, for news they dropped yesterday uh, that they're, they're actually uh, increasing the amount of collateral needed for their loan product uh, and this is being driven by the fact that they don't want to ever have to uh, uh, liquidate their customers they, again their their motto is friends don't let friends sell bitcoin so with uh, unchained capitals loan product you can instead if you're in a pinch for cash uh, and you don't want to sell your bitcoin you use your bitcoin as collateral to get cash uh, you have to over collateralize that loan Typically, uh, up to this point, you have had to do that. But after March uh, of last year, when we had a 50% drop in price, uh, unfortunately, some Bitcoiners had to be uh, liquidated uh, across these lending services. And Unchain wants to make sure that never happens. And so they're raising the collateral limits so that uh, the uh, loan product can, can uh, stomach uh, deep drawdowns in the price of Bitcoin. And this is actually not going to affect too many customers uh, on Unchain uh, at the moment uh, because most of their customers are over collateralizing out of an abundance of caution. So they're just going to make that the standard now and, and, and do that again so that uh, their customers uh, can keep their Bitcoin. Uh, so shout out to Unchain for being proactive in that regard and really staying true to the Bitcoin ethos, trying to, trying to make sure that Bitcoiners can hold on to their Bitcoin as long as possible. Um, and so if you've that has to do with their loan program. They also have an incredible Volt program. Again, 
they're providing financial services for Bitcoiners with a, with a security first mindset and, and nothing exemplifies that security first mindset, then they're Volt programs. All right. And you freaks are going to get a special offer to go from zero to a multi-sig Volt with $1,000 worth of Bitcoin in it uh, with this white glove service. There's going to be a link in the show notes. Uh, it's typically a $1,500 package, but for you freaks, it's going to be $1,450. And what you get is a couple of video conference calls with the Unchained team. They're going to walk you through multi-sig. Uh, they're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig. Uh, the Vault program is a two or three multi-sig in which you hold two keys and Unchained holds one. You can always move your coins out of the Vault uh, by yourself with your two signatures uh, provided by the keys that you hold. Uh, but if you ever need Unchained, to step in to be that two of the two or three signatures need to move your UTXOs. They're there for you. Um, so again, they're going to have these conference calls where you get comfortable with multi-sig, get you comfortable with their Volt pr product specifically. They're going to send you uh, some hardware wallets. They're going to get you comfortable with creating private keys for those hardware wallets, securing those private keys, and then setting up your Vault. And then again, at the end of the day, they're going to drop a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin into your vault. So you're going to go from zero to a multi-sig vault with a thousand dollars worth of sats in it in no time using their concierge, their white glove concierge service. So go check out that particular service using the link in the show notes um, and go check out everything they're doing, uh, especially uh, their blog, Parker Lewis, with gradually and suddenly putting out incredible content. Uh, Phil Geiger has been writing a great newsletter. I saw Actually, now I'm checking my email. They have a, a new update on HODL waves. I haven't read it yet, but I'm definitely going to read that next. Uh, www.unchained-capital.com. Check out everything they have to offer, uh, the products, the content. We love these guys. We're proud to have them on as a sponsor. Um, and hope you freaks enjoy this episode. Love all y'all. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Well, hey there, freaks. It's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce. Woo, doggy! What a list! What a list! What a pop! That's a great pop. What are you drinking tonight? It's because it's I'm like back whiskey. to scotch. We ran out of mezcal in the cabin. <laughs> what kind of scotch? Oban 14, tried and true. Ooh, big fan of the Oban. Big fan of the Oban. I've been cutting back. 2020 was a was a big year of drinking for me. I think I drank. This is disgusting, but literally six out of seven days of the week for fifty-two weeks. Oh, that's been not doing, good. Been doing, uh, cutting down to three out of seven days a week, Friday through Sunday. It feels good. I've actually lost a lot of weight, sleeping better, but I do miss drinking whiskey with you. I may have to break my. Uh, I may have to stop drinking on Sundays and do Thursday through Saturday or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think Thursday should be, um, you know. The equal opportunity zone, or something like I, I don't know how to phrase it. They're, the Thursdays, Thursdays should be immune from any kind of reform. Right, they're sacred. There's, there are sacred Bitcoin Thursdays. I'm a big fan of Thursdays. I love Thursdays because it's like ah, tomorrow's Friday. You get to be happy. You're almost there. I love it because, like, right now I'm working like four different jobs, at least in my head, 
but uh, the Tales from the Crypt side, I like kind of hit a mini vacation after RHR because then I I don't have any obligation. I guess I have the sad standard, but then after the sad standard, I don't have anything until dispatch on Tuesday. Then Wednesday is like this random like Sunday in the middle of the week. <laughs> and then I'm joined on Thursday again. So I don't even know. It's a weird it's a weird schedule for me. But I, I definitely Texas. feel like a huge I mean and you can see this on 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 Twitter. I think Caps Odell was born um Caps last, Odell. <laughs> last Thursday after after RHR, I'm pretty sure. Um and he's been going strong. He's been going strong all week, so is Caps Odell uh is five drink mats alter ego i if the freaks remember on rhr last week it was like uh 45 minutes in or something i mentioned it's only fact it, it can only be considered fact if zero hedge tweets it out in full caps <laughs> and that was the inspiration for five drink matt after he left rhr and just hasn't stopped since i love it i'm loving it it's uh it's great to see dude you're you're like following's gone like crazy it's because six... the people love Caps Odell. They can't. They can't get enough. Caps Bent may have to come out. <laughs> uh, what a week! We got a long list here. Uh, instead of getting to Clark's dashboard an hour into the podcast, like we did last week, maybe we should start there. Ground ourselves. What do you say? Yeah, I'm down. That was my uh, favorite takeaway of the last RHR. One of the freaks tweeted out. Fifty-four <laughs> minutes in. Okay, let's get to the, let's get to Clark's dashboard. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we'll get to the Wall Street. We'll start with the Wall Street bets, even though we don't have it on the list. I have some thoughts there. Uh, according to Clark's dashboard, the current price of Bitcoin is $37,295. Seems like we're we're in a bit of a consolidation phase here. We're springing before a jump up. Potentially, potentially could go down. It just feels like a calm before before a big move. Uh, currently, your cuck buck, one cuck buck, is going to get you 2,682 sats. Uh, the total market capitalization of Bitcoin is $694.3 billion. Gold been falling uh, this week as Bitcoin's uh, staying relatively stable. Right now, one Bitcoin is going to get you 20.8 ounces of gold, and the Bitcoin versus gold market cap is approaching 6% at 5.99%. There are 1,232,935 Bitcoin held in corporate treasuries across the world at the moment. We're at black height 669 nice thousand and ninety five uh there are eighteen million six hundred nineteen thousand two hundred sixty nine point one five bitcoin that have been distributed to the market that's eighty eight point six six percent of all the bitcoin that will ever exist uh we are currently uh between difficulty adjustments it would be pretty miraculous if as i was speaking there was a difficulty adjustment going on uh the next one is in 216 blocks so less than a day or less than two days uh estimated to be on the sixth which is saturday uh, and it's looking like as of right now it's going to be an upward difficulty adjustment of 1.4 percent blocks over the last uh epoch have been coming in at roughly nine minutes and 52 seconds which is eight seconds faster than the 10 minute block target uh there are currently 54,000 or excuse me 55,000 200 transactions in Clark's mempool. Uh, what do we have here? Let's find, ooh, fees versus reward. Predict, that's predicted next block. I want the average over the last 2016. I don't know if I'm gonna find that real quick. It's been 11, 11% 11 
that's good. So the average fees per block is 0.77 BTC over the last 2016 blocks. That seems to be holding steady and going up. Uh, there, and unspent capacity on Whirlpool looks like it was down. I believe it was 2,200 something last week. It's currently sitting at 2,145.27 BTC or 80.1 million dollars. 80 million dollars uh, is fucking insane. Right. Well, it's a good. Uh, I know I, I said we we're start with Wall Street bets, but since we're on Samurai right now, I want to give a shout out to our boy Like Whoa, who's been helping me set up my Ronin Dojo. Uh, and it's been an incredible experience. Um, again, running it on a Raspi four, he's had me in in my terminal, uh, SSHing, SSH uh, rooting into SSH rooting into my Raspi and, and communicating with it from my laptop. It's been a fun experience downloading that, uh, and um, I, I very much look forward to. Starting to use Ronin Dojo, um, it seems very simple, straight, very straightforward, and he's actually got me on uh, a branch that has Spectre enabled. I don't know if that's available to everybody yet. Am I, am I leaking some beans here? Um, I know, I know, it's publicly announced that it's coming. At least if it's not out already. Yeah, um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be testing it at least. I'm waiting for uh, I have IBD done, but now my my node is indexing everything, and I just have to wait for that to finish, and then I'll be uh, be running with it and and setting everything up and and adding to that liquidity. Since I've in, been uh, bougie world uh, bougie homeless lately, I've uh, had to take a step back on on the node the node boxes. Um, but I look forward to diving back into Ronin Dojo and seeing what they have in store for us. I mean, this goes in line with what I was saying. I've said in the past, um, I think there's like a very strong argument, especially if um, you want to be really active in Lightning or you want to be really active um, in in 24-7 CoinJoin um, to have a dedicated device for one or the other, right? Um, if, if you're going to be running a a lightning routing node 24 seven, then really you should probably have a box that's just that lightning routing node. Right. And, and if you're, if you're going to be putting a substantial amount of coin, um, into whirlpool or join market, like you should really have a box that's dedicated just for that. Um, it reduces your attack surface because you have less things going on. Um, both of those cases, you have hot funds on the device. You literally have Bitcoin private keys held on the device. Um, and then also it just helps from a reliability point of view, right? Uh, the le less, less moving parts, less things can go wrong. Yes, totally. And it's interesting cause I, again, I have been public about the fact that I'm sort of upping my, my desk game here for TFTC. My, my laptop from 2014 is, seems to be on its last leg. So I'm upgrading to a Mac mini that just arrived today and I've, I've, I got a bigger SD card in there thinking that I was going to download a node, but now that I have this dedicated Raspi, I'm like started to question that. Like, what would you recommend? Do you think I should download a node on my Mac mini too? Just to you got, how big is your SSD? Uh, two terabytes, I believe. Yeah. Just fucking do it. I, I, I okay. think, uh, I think there's a good argument to be made. Um, that for, you know, your cold storage setup for your, your Spectre setup that you have a local copy of Bitcoin Core. Um, you could either do a full, a full, uh, you know, actually like the full chain, or you can even do it pruned if you wanted to, you know, and have like 10 gigs of data there. 
But uh, I mean, I would just do the full sync. I'm really curious. The Mac Mini has the new M1 chip in it, um, which if you haven't listened, I did a uh, a podcast with Paul Miller where we just talked about the the dichotomy of being a nerd and having the M1 chip released, but also caring about open source and just going back and forth. But that chip is like insanely performant. So all trade-offs aside in terms of closed source software and whatnot, like it should be able to sync a node like insanely fucking fast uh, combined with the SSD. So even if you do it and, and later you need the space, you know, in, in a year, two years, three years, you need that extra, you know, terabyte of space or whatever, uh, then you can, you can erase it then. But like I, I purely from a nerd perspective, like you should definitely see how quick, how quick you can sync core. Um, from scratch on that baby yeah it's crazy i, I remember seeing on twitter i forget exactly who there's a few bitcoiners who got it really early on they were saying they did ibd in like 15 hours like using the mac mini which is pretty insane um yeah i'm excited to no test it was it substantially less than 15 hours it was like, it was like six okay i'm gonna check uh, it out it was there. it was the comparison was that the ibd beat um his three thousand dollar macbook pro from the year before his six his six hundred dollar Mac Mini uh, was was quicker than his three thousand dollar MacBook Pro from the year before, and that's, that's the difference pretty. between Apple's new M1 chip, which they do in house, versus their previous Intel chips. It's it's just a it's a complete game changer in, in terms of chip design. Yeah, I uh, while we're on this topic, the Mac Mini literally showed up. That's why it was like a little late. It showed up right before we hopped on this call, and I just want to. Tell the delivery man, whoever whoever brought my Mac Mini, thank you for getting it here safe, but fuck you for waking up my son five minutes into his second nap of the day. That uh, It's never fun. My wife is not happy right now. She's down there dealing with a very cranky baby. I can hear them. Is there a product the uh, idea that can solve this issue for uh, young fathers? Uh, if you have our number, just text us. Don't ring the doorbell. And, and if you're going to come to the door, don't have headphones in. So you scream when we open the door. Oh my god! I, I hope your delivery man's a freak and he's like got his headphones in right now, listening to the podcast. <laughs> Unbeknownst to him, forgive and forget. The uh, silver lining of this means my son's going to go to bed a little bit earlier tonight, so we, my, the wife and I, get some more one-on-one time. Not that we don't love our our or our time with our child, but no one blames. You'll understand. Marty. Yeah, you'll understand. Um, yeah, what's this? Like the Wall Street bets thing, man. The air's just been completely taken out of that sale, right? Like they take a, a lot of people last week were like, "Oh, they're going to go from stock to stock to asset class to asset class and, and pillage the, the shorts." And it's like it's it's been completely demolished the whole movement in my eyes. I don't know what you think. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. Let's not get that deflated. Um, they're moving to Bitcoin. Hashtag sat squeeze. Um, I, I mean, I think I think this is why it's important uh, to not play the rigged game, right? This is why we should be devoting our energy and our time to a game that actually has firm rules that can't be changed by a select few, that can't be abused and manipulated by the powers that be. Um, that game is Bitcoin. Um, this idea that they were ever going to win um, in this rigged stock market, uh, when, let's be honest, like even in a success situation, they were going to have to sell their, their GameStop at some point. They were going to have to sell their AMC at some point there was going to be a top and there was going to be a dump. Uh, when that was going to be was up for grabs, but it was going to happen. With Bitcoin, we don't have that dichotomy. 
that's what people don't realize. This is a, a, a short squeeze on the world. Um, billions and billions of people are short Bitcoin and they don't realize. And we never need to sell. We are never going to sell. We stack. We stay humble. And ultimately, we will win. And, and, and you don't have that, that secondary aspect where you need to worry about the rules changing or needing to know when you're supposed to fucking sell the top. Yes. If you take custody like the, and you actually have sats in custody, like the, the power that provides you to, to short squeeze the people that are short Bitcoin around the world is, is immense when you compare it to something like hap that happened last week with, with GameStop and the powers that be stepping in and, and halting trading and forcing Robinhood to liquidate uh, some trades on behalf of their users, forcing the price down in one direction. Uh, Bitcoin is is really the only weapon that that has the ability to actually. Uh, it's not. It's not. Let's give credit where credit is due. Wall Street bets. The the Tendi Army certainly did uh, give a a very material blow to the the traditional financial system and, and the hedge fund world last year. But uh, as we're as we're coming to find, it seems to be a bit ephemeral. Where where Bitcoin. Uh, and the adoption of Bitcoin could have a more long-lasting effect, potentially a, a, an effect that persists into perpetuity if we're successful in, in getting enough people uh, to adopt and, and use Bitcoin, which is, it's happening. feels like it's happening. Like, that's what I wrote about in the bend today. Let's just jump into that as our first topic, I guess, is the fact that Senator Lummis, Cynthia Lummis, TFTC alum, she's been on the pod. Uh, appointed to the Senate Banking Committee. This is pretty massive news. I mean, the Senate Banking Committee is one of the uh, like most respected committees on the Hill, and it has a lot of power in the banking and finance world, a lot of sway, particularly in regards to regulation. So we officially have a, a strong, very strong and vocal Bitcoin advocate in a very powerful position on this committee. I wrote about it in the bent today, right before we hopped on here to uh, to record this, it's encouraging to see. So you, you have Senator Lummis on this committee, and then you have like so, just talking about like government officials and that are uh, bullish and and advocating for Bitcoin. Let's talk the federal level. You have Senator Lummis, you have Emmer, uh, Davidson. Um, I know I'm missing at least one. Who's the other one? Emerson Davis Tupper. Uh, Emerson Davidson. I'm not sure. It's escaping me. You have a rep from North Carolina, a rep from Minnesota, a rep from Ohio, and a senator from Wyoming. Um, at the federal level, and then at the local or the yeah local level, state and local level, the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, really putting uh, a, a big effort to to court Bitcoiners to his city and talking about paying city workers in Bitcoin and. And just trying to recruit people to come to his city, particularly to to innovate around the technology that is Bitcoin. I'm sure there's some crypto stuff in there as well, some shitcoinery. But I think at the end of the the, the noise will <laughs> will persist. Well, we'll uh, get to Mayor in Suarez in a second. Okay. okay. But, no, yeah, yeah. Just but, just laying it out here. You, you but have... our lady, our lady, Senator Loomis. Okay. The freaks know I'm against idol making. We should be very careful about anointing idols and putting people above judgment. Um, 
Senator Loomis is the exception. She's our queen. <laughs> this is extremely <laughs> bullish. Everything she said has pointed to her being fucking amazing for Bitcoiners. I am so fucking proud and honored that she has been selected for the Senate Banking Committee. This is massive news for Bitcoin. It really is. It really is. And she has a chip on her shoulder, too, being from Wyoming, um, a, a state that is uh, one of the the leaders in terms of uh, really trying to, to, like similar to Miami, trying to court Bitcoin businesses and, and uh, draft laws that are um, that are sort of allow Bitcoiners to do things that they can't do in other states. And then couple that with the fact that uh, Wyoming arguably has been attacked by the Biden administration with their their ban of uh, oil extraction on federal lands. Wyoming is 80% federal land, and uh, the oil and gas industry is pretty significant there. Um, and like, so in terms of an individual who's, number one, uh, a Bitcoiner, a very strong Bitcoiner, an advocate of Bitcoin, and then number two, has a chip on her shoulder, um, uh, to to make some noise and fight back against the federal government to some extent because of what they're doing to her state. Like it, it couldn't be more bullish and just everything she's saying. Did you see the tweet she sent out last week? I came for the sound money, but I stayed for the censorship resistance. Oh my God. She's on the Senate Banking Committee. No now. idol worship, guys. No idol worship except except for Senator Loomis. That's what I said. Like be cautiously optimistic. Uh, it's what I wrote about in the bed. Like it's. I am uncautiously you, optimistic right now, Marty. <laughs> you should never be complacent when it comes to Bitcoin. Adversarial thinking and preparing for the worst types of attacks that you can think of should always be the modus operandi and the 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 way you operate in stasis. But like with that being said, it is extremely encouraging to see stuff like this. Like if anything, best case scenario, Senator Lomas is successful in changing the hearts and minds of the other individuals on that particular committee and, and just her... her um, her co-senators on the Hill. Worst case scenario, uh, she's up there advocating for Bitcoin, at least extending the conversation and uh, delaying any potential um, tax on Bitcoin from, from the U.S. government. So you said that our Bitcoin congressman, um, she, she's our Bitcoin senator, right? I think she's yes. the only Bitcoin senator we have um, since we lost the backed... Uh, the, the backed founder, right? Um, so Florida. so our, our congressman, our, our representative, Tom Emmer, Ted Budd. Ted Budd was the one you forgot, right? Of North Carolina. Yes. That was and it. Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. Um, and then, of course, Warren Davidson, who's, who's like the leader of, of this so-called caucus. Um, and then, like, there's obviously a special shout-out for Representative Brad Sherman, who completely understands the value prop of Bitcoin, right. but is yeah. against it. Yeah, shout-out to you, Brad. The representative from California who looks like a derelict. Um, 100% understands what Bitcoin is about, though. <laughs> right? It's got to attack our ability to control the reserve currency. <laughs> it's true. It's true. True, Brad Sherman, you bucktooth motherfucker. I'm going to get that on, like, uh, one of those, you know, like those inspirational, like, placards. Uh that you see like a, a lot of housewives get for their houses or whatever. But I just want like a quote of Brad Sherman or whatever. Uh, like Bitcoin prevents us from using the U.S. dollar as a weapon like Brad Sherman. <laughs> 2019. Make it happen, freaks. Make it happen. 
but yeah, staying on this tip, like government officials and Bitcoin, again, going back to the local level down to what's going on in Miami, that's actually extremely encouraging to me as well, because that's something I preach a lot in the letter. What we preach here on this podcast is, is, is this effort, if it's going to be successful, it has to be somewhat grassroots, right? You have to have, you have to turn to your local community and, and that's the only way this is going to get widespread is you have a bunch of localities actually fighting for and, and, and advocating for Bitcoin and that's incredible to see what's going on in Miami right now and, and how this one of the largest cities in the country is, has a mayor that's openly advocating for a grassroots movement in his city to to adopt this technology uh, it, that's extremely encouraging so, so let's unpack this because I think this is a little bit different right so we have Certainly. we have the House of Representatives. Uh, you know, we have our so-called Bitcoin caucus in in the House of Reps. We have Senator Loomis on the Senate Banking Committee. They both seem to be advocating. I mean, obviously they're they're advocating for their own jurisdictions, right? But mostly on the Bitcoin side of things, they're advocating for America to not be left behind. That that we don't you know, shoot our citizens in the foot in terms of Bitcoin policy on a macro level, like in terms of competition with other countries. Um, what we're seeing with with Mayor Suarez is something entirely different, um, which is is this game theory play out that we've talked about a ton of fucking times on this podcast, um, where he's competing with all the other major cities. And Miami is a secondary, second tier city, like Maybe not this year, um, but we've discussed this in the past. Like the the underdogs, the challengers are the ones who are more likely to go for Bitcoin and adopt Bitcoin first. And it's because it gives them an edge. It gives them an edge over uh, over their competition. And and we've stated this. This is in the past. You know, we we saw Cash App di- did it. You know, disclosure. They're a sponsor. Fucking obviously did it before PayPal. Um, we saw Sailor do it before Musk. Right. Like so. So the the challenger guys are way more likely to adopt things um, before the, the main tier guys and they do it to get an edge. So right now we have the mayor of fucking Miami who's doing everything in his fucking possible, everything that's possible to both put Miami on the map in terms of tech business, but also court rich Bitcoiners. And, and he seems like he's taking an active attempt it's not just the business side, right? He's he's actively taking meetings with rich Bitcoiners, trying to get them to move down to Miami. We have this way on the bottom of the list, but uh, Bitcoin Magazine, who I'm now I, I am I've been helping them with their conference and content strategy as a disclosure, has announced that Bitcoin 2021 has moved to Miami, and this not only have they wow. moved to Miami, they moved to Miami in an environment where LA, where it was supposed to be, would not give them any kind of guarantees or commentary on it, right? Like they wanted to throw this huge event that was going to bring tons of tax dollars into fucking LA and tons of business into LA, and they were being neglected. Um, and obviously I'm speaking for myself, not for that company, but Miami welcomed them with open arms. You know, they, they there was meetings with Suarez. Uh, he's excited for it to happen. DeSantis, the governor of, of Florida, is excited for it to happen. It's a complete change of 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 perspective over a city like la who's resting on its laurels so it's pretty cool to see this competition play out um as far as bitcoin magazine so now that's going to be bitcoin 2021 conference is going to be miami june 4th june 5th um marty and i will be there 
We will be doing a live RHR as is tradition. Um, it's going to be fucking lit. It's going to be fucking insane freaks. Uh, so consider joining us there. I'm, I'm very excited to look. I'm looking forward to it. I'm extremely excited. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Vibes are going to be high. Like first big in-person conference in Miami, like beginning of the summer. It's going to be hot. Like in LA. So yeah, they're going to lose it. It's like, it is crazy to see. Like, like you're seeing like LA, um, lose out to places like Austin and Miami and New York city as well is, is losing out to these, these places. Like, uh, like a lot of I know personally a lot of New Yorkers who have moved to Austin and Miami just in the last month. It gets I know you call me a, a never Yorker or no Yorker. <laughs> but it's hard to deny like de Blasio and Cuomo are Bro, fucking up. Look where... behind me. These mountains aren't in New York City. <laughs> right. It's yeah. uh I uh but this is exactly what's happening. We're seeing we're seeing the top, you know, the so-called heavyweights, the top tier cities in quotation marks, right? Um I mean, I don't think New York is top tier in quotation marks. I think it it was top tier and I hope it will be top tier again, but like San Francisco, I would put quotation marks in. Um but like you see these big ass cities and they're losing out to the challengers, right? Cuz the challengers are more nimble um and they're more adapt they adapt more. But but th- this is what we want to see, right? Like, this is one of the cool parts of America. You know, I, I'm, I've been very critical of our country. I love this country. Um, one of the coolest aspects is that we do have this competition on a local governance level, right? Like, I wish we had more localism. The U.S. federal government has gotten way too overbearing and way too strong. Uh, but you compare us to other, other countries... And it's pretty fucking cool that in the middle of this whole pandemic and chaos and bullshit um, that we have all these different jurisdictions handling it in different ways. And we have free movement of people between those different jurisdictions um, in, in a nearly free market situation. Right. Like obviously like it's a manipulated, controlled market. It's not a proper free market. Um, but it is pretty cool watching it all play out in this respect as compared to something like a France or something where there's like no. There's no refuge. There's no competition. You just have to just take what the state gives you. Yeah, Lyon and Paris aren't really exactly competing for for businesses and stuff like that. Yeah, it is incredible to see. It is encouraging too, right? Like Marikani in Philadelphia, I have zero faith in you, um, but pay attention to what's going on. Uh, it's uh, it's beautiful to see. Hey, hey, I'm going to check out Texas. I know my mother's not going to like this if you're listening, but I'm going to go check out Austin. I, I, tweeted out last night but why would uh, your mother like if you're checking out because she wants you nearby yeah she wants me in philly because i've got her grandson and and i am her son she would like to be close but it's really honestly it's not that appealing like philly is scared shitless right now is there last weekend and it's just like uh it's like bad vibes um so i'm I'm excited to to go make a trip to austin in april check it out i've been to miami a couple times support austin over philly yeah um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll the see. The family thing lie. does change it, though, right? Like family is like yeah. uh, having family the close most by with a young child is, you know, especially when you're trying to stack some sats. Yes. Uh, there's yes. a lot of advantages to it, not only cost, but cost is a major advantage as well. I mean, I've seen I've seen it firsthand again. My cousins, their kids. Um, it does take a village, and we would be leaving the village. Well, you'd be entering a new village. Your kids are just going to be like indoctrinated, indoctrinated Bitcoiners. 
That's true. Well, that, that's going to happen. You're going to have like, uh, like Parker is just going to be like taking care of your child and just like completely <laughs> fucking red pilling him at the same time. You don't, you, you don't trust my ability to orange pill my own child. <laughs> I, I, I think it, it enters a, a little bit of a culty level. Like when you go to Austin, like I, I love you guys over there. You're fucking killing it. Um, but if I raised a kid in Austin, like that kid would be the most like the the most aggressive Bitcoiner ever, like by like the age of 11, like what the fuck, like imagine what he grows be, up with. Like, I don't even. He'd be 3d printing guns and making his own hardware wallets from <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you, spare parts. Like, like his first word is going to be like, dad, you're a shit corner or something, you know, like. Like you're you're Pop, not you're not pure enough for me, father. Papa, you didn't Papa, you didn't stack enough sides. <laughs> What'd you do, <laughs> Uncle Uncle Justin? Told me that you just were too humble and you didn't stack enough. He said you were you were drinking too much scotch. You could have stacked <laughs> millions more sats if you weren't drinking the Oban. Um, no, that's actually that's actually something I think of. It's like in ten years, or whatever. If we still have this like audio. <laughs> archive of our conversations about this what are my children going to think what are they going to say hopefully they don't listen to it so i had that thought the other day and i was like um especially like the really drunk ones right like the the arbed out episode uh the episode i recently did with peter like don't listen to it like just drunk drunk rambling of of, of matt just like screaming about ex-pubs and i was like what are my kids gonna think in like 15 years when they listen to that and then i said well at least we're not porn stars that's true. Whoa, whoa. This is the first negative porn uh porn comment I've ever heard come out of your mouth. Oh, I mean I I I completely defend free speech. I just uh Yeah, you, your dick's not on the internet. That's Yeah, I mean I, I prefer I prefer <laughs> my child didn't see me having like hardcore sex in video form. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. I hope I, I don't know happens. if that's critical to porn. I just think that's just a reality. That's something that you have to think about. Oh, well, some porn stars have to live with that. You know, they, they some of them end up have children. No, a lot of them do. Can, it's it's, yeah. it's a very real, a very real thing. This is true. Um, all right, we're half hour. Let's get the shout outs. We got two. I, I warned you yesterday. We got a juicy one to start out with. Like a very hard question. Good question. Um, yeah, no, just sticking it, not sticking it to us, but like really saying, "Hey guys, what do you think?" On the latest rabbit hole recap, Matt said, isolate yourself from KYC. We have to opt out. If a service needs KYC, I will not use that service. Start insulating yourself. Yet, you also advertise the stack sats with Cash App on every show, which I do regular. Which is it? I always run into difficulties when trying to use one of the options at nokyconly.com and revert back to the simple Cash App buy button. Then I whirlpool. Also, outside of meeting someone with a sack of cash, there seems to always be some level of KYC. If I decide to stick with the routine I'm using, is Cash App the best house in a bad neighborhood? Should I abandon my routine and trudge the road of figuring out how to go no KYC, the no KYC way? I fear that if I stop my Cash App routine, then my stacking will dwindle or cease. I'm now paralyzed as I trust your wisdom in insulating myself. I cannot overstate the value of TFTC. I am a grateful freak. Thank you. I never sell or spend. I stack for my children from Bitcoin dad. I will just say one thing before you start and then I'll follow you. Don't, just don't trust us. Don't trust us. Oh, you go first. Blasphemous. I agree with what I co-signed what Marty said. Um, so, so I actually said, I think 
like in tandem with that line, I said, the only carve out that I do think is relatively reasonable and I do myself is if you have a KYC job, you have your fiat job with your fiat paycheck, all, all everything's KYC um, and you use a KYC on ramp for those funds. Um, in this case, I use cash app for that, right? So I have, I have an auto buy set up on cash app and basically my KYC paycheck, um, half of that automatically gets converted into sats. Um, and I do that on a daily basis cause it's just more satisfying to me. Um, that being said, I will not use any other KYC service. Um, that, that is the only, that is the only, I've, I've literally only KYC twice in Bitcoin land. It was Coinbase. I, then I deleted my account, which let's be honest, you didn't actually delete your account. And then it was Cash App. Those are the only two times I've ever KYC'd in Bitcoin. Um, and then I immediately Whirlpool afterwards. Um, obviously, you're not, you, you, the, your record of, of you having that transaction exists. If you don't make any mistakes and you use Whirlpool, your forward privacy should at least be protected in terms of transactional privacy going forward, which is important. I think everyone should 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 exercise that right. Um, and I think it's important to realize from a uh, just a practical point of view that the most important thing to realize is when you enter into a KYC service, you're entering into a trusted relationship and you're entering into a trusted relationship that is custodial privacy and you're trusting them with your privacy. Um, so you need to have like realize how much trust that is. That's a massive amount of trust you're putting in that company. So like you shouldn't be putting it in any, and, and this is why I say isolate yourself. Like you, you should not be putting in any fly by the night company, right? Like just trusting them with like your passport information and your facial scan and like all this fucking shit. Like that's crazy. Like reduce the amount of, of surfaces that you interact with KYC to the absolute minimum. Obviously the ideal is none. The ideal is that you just get paid in sats just off the books, you know, but like who the fuck, like it's very rare that you can get that situation. The second best is you get paid in cash, you know, and then you convert it to sats. Very few people are in that situation. So you just try and like isolate yourself um, as as much as you possibly can and be realistic about it. And and you can have there there's no there's it's not mutually exclusive. Like you can start trying to figure out how to get a KYC free stack on the side while you also have you know your auto stack that's going from your KYC funds. Um, and and the most important thing there is even if you're putting them both through Whirlpool, um, you should have them segregated they should always be segregated just in case just in case you fuck something up like have them segregated the other thing that people like they say to me like oh i use bis like why do i need whirlpool or whatever like no matter what where you get your bitcoin you have a trusted there's a trusted third party involved um whether that's on bisc that you're getting it from a peer whether that's on a cash app where you're getting it from a company a regulated company that's keeping records obviously that's worse than the peer or even if you're mining, which is arguably the best way to, to get KYC free sats, um, you're using a pool, which hopefully you're giving fake information to and stuff, but you still don't want them to see your future transaction records, right? So no matter what, like Whirlpool should be a standard process for everyone in terms of normalizing their sats and trying to, you know, you know, in, in not you're not only helping yourself, you're helping, you're helping the whole 
fungibility of the ecosystem, right? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, no, so Bitcoin Dad, thank you for the question. And I think it's a good one. And I, I guess I fall back on to like the old adage, don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. Like if your goal is to stack sats, uh, as much as many sats as possible, and, and um, it, it's hard to do that in the no KYC ramps, which it is really, it's hard for many reasons. Again, liquidity, uh, you got to pay a bit of a premium. Um, the, uh, the actual onboarding to those services isn't as straightforward as downloading the cash app and buying um so yeah it's it's a personal decision for everybody weigh the risk and the amount of risk you're willing to take and the amount of information you're willing to expose and and act accordingly like again if you're if your goal is to stack as many sats as possible yeah you, you may have to engage in k you probably do have to engage in kyc services uh, know the risk know how to uh, like matt said whirlpool and, and hide your uh, future pri- or produce future privacy for yourself. Um, yeah, it sucks, and it's like the nature. And that's the other thing too. Like a lot of people like to conflate these services with the KYC AML regulations, and and, I, and, and I'm a strong believer in in all this. Is like don't hate the player, hate the game. Like we hey, said we that last this. week. Yeah, the 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 it's been yeah we did say like I was beating the desk like. KYC AML is, the regulation. The game is going to make us hate all the players. That was yeah. my point that he's quoting, and I, I I still stand by that. Like, look, the way I look at it, right, is I think eventually, I think there's potential that the players could step up against the game. And say, I hey. hope so. I mean, Marty's very yeah. Mar- 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 Marty's very optimistic about that. We do have our queen on the Senate Banking Committee. You know, maybe things will happen. Okay, but my point is, um. We've talked about on this pod in the past that we think like self-custody itself on the regulated institutions will get restricted and banned. And that that is a very, you know, that that is a potential option. Obviously, if that happens, um, I would would never recommend anyone use those services because if you can't take custody, you don't have Bitcoin. So any service that doesn't let you take custody can go fuck itself automatically, no matter what. Robinhood, Um, PayPal, Visa. Right. The the if a service where I'm going to draw my line and I'm going to be, I, I think I've been pretty vocal about this and I will, I, I promise the freaks that I will draw the line hard here is if, is if we start seeing accounts get banned for going into whirlpool on withdrawal, then there's, there's no value to me in, in a KYC on ramp. Um, the, the, the value prop I see here and, and this is where there's an interesting dynamic because you know, the cash apps of the world can't talk about this. The swans of the world can't talk about this. The rivers of the world can't talk about this. Best practice is for, because they just don't want, they don't, they don't want it to be out there. Right. But best practice is to go into whirlpool afterwards or at least some kind of coin join. But whirlpool is, is my favorite implementation. Um, and as long as you can do that, then it's basically, to me, is the same as withdrawing cash from your bank account. You already have KYC funds in your bank account, and you withdraw cash, right? The bank knows you withdrew that cash. It's fully kyc From that point on, when you spend that cash, they don't know what your future transactions are, right? You have forward-looking privacy. And that's the same case if you convert those KYC funds into Bitcoin and then go to CoinJoin. The only difference is they know you're a Bitcoiner. So if you have amazing OPSEC and you, you've been able to hide all of your interest in Bitcoin to begin with, then maybe you're exposing yourself as a Bitcoiner there, right? 
But if you don't have amazing OPSEC, then you're really, the powers that be know you're interested in Bitcoin already, you know, for the most part. So you're not really, I, I think if you go into Coinjo, you're not really sacrificing as much, right? Um, so that's like the, my major, my major thing. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we haven't, you know, I think, I think part of the reason we haven't seen major crackdowns is because the freaks have been outspoken about it. I've been outspoken about wanting that, that, that to exercise that right to coin join that exercise, that right to privacy. Um, and I, I hope that the freaks will be outspoken if we see any kind of transgressions against that. Um, like we need to keep, we need to keep the companies honest here because right now there's, there's, it's completely legal to use coin join. And so if, if they're, if they're banning accounts based on coin join usage, um, they're doing it out of their own volition. They're not doing it out of, out of compulsion. This is true. Yeah. Again, freaks just, well, it's on top of my mind running, running dojo, highly recommend it. Um, I forgot to mention earlier in the episode, the guide that's been helping me out is from our friend Bitcoin Q and a, so his connecting or migrating or samurai wallet to Ronan Dojo is incredible, very straightforward, very easy to follow. So if you want to get into this mix um, of, of, of whirlpooling, uh, sorry for using the word mix there, Matthew. Um, Thank you. I highly recommend that that guide. Um, shout out to Bitcoin Q&A. Yeah, there's a nuance. So Bitcoin Dad, thank you for the question. Thank I'm you sure. for the shout out. Yeah, for the, the shout out. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure there's many freaks out there with similar things. It does get confusing. It's like you have an ideal, um, again, and then you have these things that are less ideal. Don't make perfect the enemy of good enough, right? Like if you're looking to stack as many sats as possible, make sure you're doing that. And like another way I love stacking sats, KYC free sats is accepting it for the shout outs. Like, thank you for contributing to my, our Matt and I is no KYC stack. Well, we it might not be no KYC. Why do you say that? <laughs> we're not KYC. Uh, oh, they know they know they sent it to us, but you had to you had to have. Well, they could have paid us. He could have paid us from. He could have paid us from Cash App. Yeah, but Cash App has no idea what he paid it for. I guess Cash unless, App doesn't. But if he paid us from, unless Stripe he wrote it, via unless he wrote it, in the, was it via Lightning? This one particularly, no. This was on Chain. If he pays it through Strike via Lightning, then we get KYC doxed. Because our public key doesn't change, which is a perfect segue into the next <laughs> into the next shout out and the last shout out of the week. Hey guys, love the show. An old buddy of mine paid me back for something in Bitcoin back in 2014 as a joke, and a week later I started stacking. Not nearly enough, but hey, who actually stacks enough? Didn't exactly go no down buddy. the rabbit hole though until early next uh, last year, excuse me. And now thanks in large part to you guys, I'm running a full node managing a cold card with Spectre and freaking verifying PGP signatures. Appreciate what you're doing for the space. Please don't stop. If we're ever allowed in city again, uh, drinks on me at 243 East 34th Street, a little community citadel. Going to get my money's worth here. So Matt, recommendation for a place to hodl do domains. It's a question for you from Anon. P.S. Robin Hood, in, quote, uh, in parentheses, likely illegal. Also, sorry, I paid with strike. <laughs> you paid with strike. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He knew. Uh, he knew um, I was going to give him shit about it. I appreciate you letting us know at least. Yes, um, thank you. There's so so that's a weird dynamic, right? And uh, I mean, before I we appreciate your shout out. Before I answer your question, that's a weird dynamic that doesn't exist in cash, right? So if you go to a bodega and you pay a bodega in cash. 
that bodega knows that there's no record of that payment officially, right? Um, if you accept lightning payments as a BTC pay merchant, you don't know if, you know, some transactions have like a KYC taint on them. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's impossible for you to easily tell. It's, it's just straight impossible for you to tell that it was paid by strike. Um, so you have no idea unless the user tells you. Um, so there, there, there's a question there, and, and I'm, I know there's been all this talk about rotating pub keys and stuff, and Lightning is new. Okay, I, I look forward to it. But right now, as it stands, if you're a Lightning merchant, um, you have to basically operate under, just like users should operate under the assumption that their government knows all their KYC records, that anyone, that, that all those KYC records will get leaked at some point, all your withdrawal addresses will get leaked at some point to anyone, and you should operate under that assumption. Any lightning merchant should operate under the assumption that every single payment came from a KYC payment um, and, and proceed accordingly. But anyway, in terms of domains, it's, it, there's only one. It's Namecheap. Um, they accept Bitcoin. They're a trusted third party. They've never fucked me. Um, I am a Namecheap whale. So if they ever fuck you, let me know and I'll, I'll reach out to them. I actually interviewed the, I think he was the COO or the CTO of Namecheap for Bitcoin Magazine. And that was a fun one. Um, but, uh, yeah, they accept Bitcoin. They've accepted Bitcoin forever. They do it on, uh, they, they now run BTC pay server, um, which is badass. And they're just very good. Uh, this is a very good company. I've just been very yeah. happy with their service. You purchased the shout out, uh, at tftc.io slash contribute, which is hosted by Namecheap. Um, no, cause I have it's true. Thank you for the, the shout-out freaks. The shout-outs freaks. We love this part of the show to interact with you guys uh, and to this particular Anon. Can't wait to throw some back with you uh, in, what is that, Mary Hill? Yeah, Mary Hill. And uh, I can't thank you enough for listening. And 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 I'm, I'm happy that you got some value out of the show. That's why we do it. We do it to help provide value to you freaks. This is a new technology, a new monetary good, a new revolution. And uh, we just hope that we're helpful. Like we said to Bitcoin dad uh, in the first shout out, don't trust us though. This is just our perspective. Make sure you have your own perspective and do your own research. Uh, We're just here to to give you some guiding thoughts, um, at least what we believe to be guiding thoughts uh, along your journey. It's going to be a long journey. We still got a very long list Fuck to go. Yes, that's why we're here, freaks. I mean, we're here for the mission. Uh, we're here for freedom. We're here for sovereignty. And we're here because Bitcoin is designed to pump forever. And we'd feel guilty if we were sitting there in 40 years and we didn't scream it to the world and let them know ahead of time. Yes, we're doing doing our, what we feel is our duty to to make, make you guys aware, especially since all this institutional money seems to be coming into the space very soon. Uh, yesterday we had... Giga Chad Sailor uh, throw his MicroStrategy Bitcoin Summit, uh, in which he uh, is walked institutions who are curious about adding Bitcoin to their balance sheets through MicroStrategy's playbook, open sourced. How they did it, how they how they acquired Bitcoin, how There's they're no custodying open, it. It wasn't open source. I mean, walk like he opened he, up his playbook. Okay. Yeah, he opened up his playbook. No. Yeah, it's not it's not on GitHub. Okay, it's not. He's opening it up, educating other institutional types, corporate types, how how to get Bitcoin on their balance sheet in a legal, quick, and uh, safe, secure way. Um, the big 
the big uh, interview of the day was Ross Stevens from Stone Ridge Capital and uh, NY Dig, which is a, a subsidiary of Stone Ridge. And that's the interview that everybody's talking about, basically Sailor and Ross walking through Ross's thoughts on Bitcoin, the innovation it provides the world and, and how it may change the world moving forward. And yeah, extremely bullish. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very bullish. Any, uh, I don't think it's anything we haven't talked about, though, right? You know, he um, he basically gave gave them our Bitcoin Twitter shill uh, in a nice polished format. Um, the EMH lovers would the efficient market hypothesis lovers uh, where did did all these institutional purchases uh, get priced in already or? Are we waiting for them to fucking figure out how to buy Bitcoin? Because it's not that fucking easy. And it's going to take them a little while. Right. Well, that's the the timeline I've heard. Like quickest, uh, if you're going off a sailor's playbook, is 12 weeks. Uh, probably the average time will be 16 weeks, so about four months. And then the laggard's obviously longer than that. So we shall see. It was, uh, yesterday was the 3rd of February. 12 weeks from there would be... Uh, like around the first week of 200k May. by June. <laughs> you keep saying that. 200k, 200K by, by Bitcoin 2021. It's it's uh we expect John Vallis to throw us the 100k party that's going to be separate from Bitcoin 2021. I'm going to focus on making sure the 200k party is as good as possible. We're going to half a mil by the end of the year, freaks. Half a mil by the end of the year. When Sat sent parity, we're just going to keep topping each other. Just I don't Sat know. Sent do you see Scott Minard came out and he was like fucking, uh, he, he, he's like 600,000 now, Guggenheim. He was 400,000 before he's like 600,000. And I like feel like if, if a major fund, you know, that has billions of dollars of assets under management comes out at $600,000 price prediction as a completely cultish Bitcoiner, uh, like I should be way higher than that. Like, why well, I can't come in? We can't come in. <laughs> we can't come in lower than that. That's ridiculous. That's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah. We can't let these these noobs coming in with their suits just run us. Yeah, we're going to a million by twenty twenty five. Satsend parody. God damn it. Um, I think go to satsendparody dot com. When will we hit it? Not yet. Um, so I uh. I, I think the main takeaway here, and and I doesn't get enough press, um, is that every single fucking person who buys Bitcoin has a direct incentive to both improve it and shill it. They want to see it succeed. If it succeeds, they make money. The long Bitcoin bet is viral as fuck. Um, we've seen that with Sailor. We are going to see that with Elon. We kind of saw it with him. He pumped it $7,000 overnight um, by just changing hashtag Bitcoin into his bio. These billionaires are waking up to the fact that because Bitcoin isn't a security, because Bitcoin is scarce as fuck, they can legally pump the shit out of it. Um, and they will do it as we all did it. You know, uh, you know we had Pierre and Bitstein in 2012. They bought some Bitcoin. They created the Nakamoto Institute to pump Bitcoin, right? It's like you have a direct incentive to fucking do it. Why are we here on this podcast, right? I believe in the mission. I believe in freedom. I believe in sovereignty, 100%. I also think 
that we need new Bitcoiners. Like we need people to come into the space. We need them to be educated. We needed them to be strong Bitcoiners who run their own node, who, who are, who are proper Bitcoiners who hold the fucking line. Right. And that's why you fucking do this. And, and you see this all throughout the fucking space. That is not new. What is new is the scale. We have yet to, this is the first time we've had a billionaire fucking, he had people on his yacht. He had CEOs on his yacht and he got a cyber hornet in gold for the centerpiece and put it on his fucking table. Okay. And that dude, that dude, Ross Stevens had like a fucking original times of London, January 3rd, 2009, uh, framed behind him too. Like these guys are in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, but Ross Stevens' company is like literally onboarding billionaires. Yeah, they make money the more people they shill the corn to that agree to it, right? And I just want to just add, anyone who calls it Nye Dig, you're on my shit list. It's New York Dig, NY Dig, you know, it's not Nye Dig. We don't, we don't, New York might be going through some trouble right now, but we're not going to fucking down, you know, call it Nye. Nye is the wrong, it's, it's the wrong pronunciation. I've been calling it not NY dig. <laughs> I, I didn't mispronounce it. Well, to your point about the feedback loop, the first person to point this out was Satoshi. And I'm going to re- go back. This is on the P2P Foundation uh, forum in Satoshi on February 18th, 2009. So this is a month and 15 days after the network was launched. Uh, bear with me, Matt. I'm going to read the whole thing and not just like the juice of it. But like it's it's a, like Satoshi realized this like a month in probably even before he launched Bitcoin, but like, this is like Matt says, like it's designed to pump forever. It has this inherent feedback loop, this incentive system that drives this stuff. So here's what Satoshi said in reply to a gentleman named Sepp Hasselberg again on February 18th, 2009. It's a global distributed database with addition to the database by consent of the majority based on a set of rules they follow. Here are the rules. Whenever someone finds proof of work to generate a block they get some new coins the proof of work difficulty is adjusted every two weeks to target an average of six blocks per hour for the whole network the coins given per block is cut in half every four years you could say coins are issued by the majority they are issued in a limited predetermined amount as an example if there are a thousand nodes and six get coins each hour it would likely take a week before you get anything to Sepp's question, indeed, there is nobody to act as a central bank or federal reserve to adjust the mon- money supply as the population of users grow. That would have required a trusted party to determine the value because I don't know a way for software to know the real world, real world value of things. If there was some clever way or if we wanted to trust someone to actively manage the money supply to peg it to something, the rules could have been programmed for that. In this sense, it's more typical of a precious metal instead of a supply changing to keep the value the same, the supply is predetermined and the value changes. As the number of users grows, the value per coin increases. It has the potential for a positive feedback loop. As users increase, the value goes up, which could attract more users to take advantage of the increasing value. Like Satoshi said this a month and two weeks into Bitcoin's existence. He got this feedback loop with users being at the crux of that. Users going out to get more users into the network. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now, as Matt said, now at a completely different scale. Um, 100%. It's, 
a completely viral positive feedback loop. And uh, I think it's funny because um, it's not just that. I mean, it's also the fact that it's really fucking scarce, probably the most scarce asset we've ever seen in human history. Um, Definitely is. Definitely and, is. And it's what people don't realize is it's not just the 21 million cap. It's the fact that it's so hard to change that really gives it its value. This thing is designed to pump forever. And the funny part is, is that I was on that grind this morning, so I fucking tweeted it out. I get shit about it at the top of the market. I got shit about it on the bottom of the market. I I, I literally have a screenshot. I, I mean, I, I have the tweet. No one's deleted shit yet. They will. They will. 2019? They are going to delete it. But at the bottom, in 2019, at 3,500, I said Bitcoin's designed to pump forever. People told me I was irresponsible. Was it irresponsible? Was it irresponsible to speak my mind on what I believed prior to a 10x two, two years later? I don't know if it's irresponsible. I, you know, and I, I had someone who I thought was a, a friend on, on the Twitter platform. I'm not going to call him out by name, uh, but you he was the to, one. I, I'm what? curious. I'm curious. Who is it? Ben DeFrancesco uh, on Twitter. Oh, I, I muted that guy quite a while. You muted while, him. While okay. Ago. He told me in 2019 that I was irresponsible, um, saying that uh, Bitcoin's designed to pump forever at $3,500 at the fucking bottom in 2019, January of 2019. That was irresponsible. And then I dunked on him a little bit today. Uh, and he said it was still irresponsible. It was irresponsible then, and he he stands by it. It's irresponsible now. And congratulations that I got my little internet points. That's what the shitcoiners don't understand. It's not about the internet points. The internet points can be gamed. The pomps of the world have shown you that they can just fake all the engagement numbers they want to fucking fake. I don't give a shit about internet points. What you really lost out on, Ben, is fucking sats. You lost out on real-world points. You lost out on the most true points that have ever existed. And now, now your descendants are going to forsake you. Or you've forsaken your descendants. Well, the funniest part was it was a response to uh, Udi, who Udi. said that it was uh, not allowed. So I told him to have fun staying poor because he created the money. <laughs> so he, he, he could take it. Uh, I mean, again, like, there is volatility. The price goes up and down. That's obvious. It has done that. Bitcoin has done that. The price of Bitcoin has done that throughout Bitcoin's history. But again, like I mentioned, it's a like this, there's this inherent feedback loop that is built into the system that makes it so Bitcoin is designed to pump forever. Like I agree with you, Matt. Like as long as I, you I don't, don't get wrecked along the way, you have to just be careful that like at any point there could be like a fifty. You can wake up in the morning to a fifty percent uh, a, a correction you know, or whatever dump, uh, that's not real. As long as, as long as you're holding your shit, you're only holding your own keys. You don't have any liabilities and you can hold the line. You don't have to worry about it. Then it doesn't matter to you. Right. And that, that's where every Bitcoiner needs to be. Um, otherwise you will get wrecked. You will get wrecked eventually. Agreed. Yeah. Risk management. Like, like just be, Long and long-term thinking. You got to think long-term with this. Like again, this isn't. You're not getting in this to cash out, back into cuck bucks. You're you're getting in this for freedom and to increase your purchasing power and sats, 
uh, over time. Marty, I want to jump into a thought that I've been battling a little bit lately. Um, one of the things that I thought was so cool about Bitcoin is that it's like an opt-in revolution. Um, if you're like a Bitcoin hater and you just choose not to participate, like that's fine by me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hurt Bitcoin. Um, it's opt-in. You get to choose if you want to participate. Right. And then, so that's cool. That's like one of the cool parts about Bitcoin to me. It's like, if you're not a Bitcoin or it doesn't matter to you. And then if, if you want to opt in, you can opt in, you have the choice to opt in. And I think that Bitcoin deniers are basically anti-choice. Um, they, they like, they, they don't want you. It's like, it's like this idea, like if you have better money, people will choose the better money. So the only way to keep them on your shitty money that's designed to dump forever is to not give them the choice. And like, that's their stance. And so they can go fuck themselves, but it's cool that it's voluntary, right? The, we've, we've always had in the Bitcoin movement, it's like a voluntary movement, a voluntarism movement. My issue is recently, I, I've come to the conclusion that you're born short Bitcoin. And like, if you don't repent and you don't start trying to cover your calls, uh, you're going to get wrecked regardless. Like, like, so we have like a bunch of people that literally the default is that they're short Bitcoin. If you don't own Bitcoin, if you're not actively accumulating Bitcoin, if your car is younger than Bitcoin, then you are short Bitcoin. All of a sudden, it's not a voluntary movement anymore. All of a sudden, we have billions of people that are about to get wrecked because they don't own enough Bitcoin. None of us do. Um, how do I level that? How do I level that? Like, well, at some point it doesn't become, at some point it doesn't become opt-in, right? Because it's so saturated and people demand that uh, you give them Bitcoin sats for their goods or services. Like they won't accept cuck bucks or or anything else. At that point, like it's opt-in in the sense of like you can decide whether or not you want to buy that good. Uh, it depends on how bad you want it or need it. Um, it's opt in in that sense, but no. Like at, at that point, it's not opt in. It's if it's being demanded, you're sort of forced to to deal in sad. Kind of right? a game of survival, right? Like it's like if you don't opt in, it's like technically it's opt in. Right now, but like certainly. if you don't opt in, you're gonna get wrecked. Like you're fucked. Like if 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 you want your family to have any kind of decent future, like you need to opt in. So here's 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 how you differentiate between like the traditional system, which is an opt-in, like you're forced to do it. And Bitcoin, yes, individuals may be forced to purchase sats to purchase goods and services or acquire sats and not even purchase them. But that so the the forced nature of our current system is sort of dictated by the system, right? It's dictated by the government. You have to pay your taxes and dollars. Uh, you have to uh, deal in dollars in, in the system like you're just forced to. That's the, the system forces you to. In a Bitcoin world, it's the users of that system that are forcing you to, right? It's not the Bitcoin network saying, hey, I demand that you pay in sats. It's the users of the network saying, hey, I recognize that this is a better money and I want to acquire better money, so therefore I demand that you pay me in sats. It's not being dictated by the network. It's being dictated by the users of the network. No, but that's not the demand I'm talking about. Right. Because because that's different. That's fine. That's currency competition. Right. You just uh, and this was something I realized with Gigi when I had him on dispatch that I I didn't realize non-Americans didn't. They I didn't realize non-Americans had no experience there where like if if 
I go to another country, uh, maybe not as much now because of the euro, but historically, like the dollar was just accepted everywhere. Like we could just like throw our dick around. They prefer to get the dollar um, over whatever their local currency was. You like almost didn't even need to convert. In some places, if you didn't convert, you got a better conversion rate if you went to the individual merchants and you were like, I'll pay you in dollars instead of pesos or whatever. Um, so that's something Americans realize, and that's obviously going to happen with Bitcoin. But there, there's a different phenomenon happening, right? We're repricing the world in sats. And if you're late to, to, to be a part of that revolution of the world being repriced in sats, like you're going to get the shit end of the stick, right? So the, it, it, it is bigger than just an individual merchant-client in relationship, right? Like merchant-customer relationship. This is on a macro level— Every single asset that's on this fucking planet, whether that's our favorite Chrysler building or whether that's a piece of Apple stock, is getting repriced in sats. And if you don't get on board that train sooner rather than later, you are you are going to get hurt. Like you, you will lose wealth. You will lose wealth. If you're a billionaire, if you're Elon Musk and the majority of your wealth is in Tesla stock and other fiat inflated assets... Um, that have historically been considered store values, and and we reprice the world in sats, like you're going to lose a large percentage of your wealth over, because of that. And then, like, I guess technically no one's forcing you to opt into that repricing, right? But it is happening, and if you don't act, you will get fucked. Yes, and that repricing is a product of the aggregate of those individual merchant-customer relationships, right? Like it's it's it start like again the macro starts in the micro right and that starts with those micro interactions between two individuals one of which demands to be paid in sats I guess but it's it's weird because like so I think in like certain points in Bitcoin history most points in Bitcoin history um Bitcoin evangelism was like necessary right like we needed to we needed to extend the base of Bitcoiners. We needed to extend um, the amount of Bitcoiners located around the planet in different jurisdictions, and 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 broaden our base, broaden broaden the user base of Bitcoin to make it more censorship resistant, make it more robust, more resilient. Um, I almost feel like we're at the point where evangelism, when we're like trying to help newcomers like learn about Bitcoin and and not get wrecked by shit coins and, and not fall into scams and, and, and do it in, in the so-called proper way. Um, where it's almost charitable. Like I, I don't, we could, Bitcoin is going to take over the world. We don't need a new, any newcomers. Like we could, we could take over the world right now. Just the existing stacking base keeps stacking. And the world gets repriced in sats. Like there are no newcomers need to come in. It's a different environment than historical Bitcoin where we needed to, you know, bring in new blood, new minds, new energy. I agree. That's just part of the adoption. But it changes right? the voluntarism aspect of it, right? A little bit. There, there's something there. I mean, yeah, people... Are gonna have to bend their knee, like like again, Bitcoin changes you more than we can change it. Like you just have to submit 
to its gravity. It's got this gravitational pull on value that I guess you could say at some point it gets it gets to the point where it's not voluntary. You're sort of forced to go along That's with this gravity. Saying, right. But but again, it's not the system forcing it on you. It's the individuals that leverage that system. It's like physics. Yeah. So like compared to like, I would say, but I, even with that being said, like the market is voluntary hitting the shelling point. Like, whereas in the fiat system, like you're, it's not voluntary at, at any point of the adoption curve. Like you literally 1933, they confiscated gold and said, Hey, you yeah. have to use this now. And then 1971, like, Hey, we're going off the gold standard. You have to use this now. Like they didn't have the decision to, to choose that. Yeah, I mean, but it's a low bar, right? Like if you compare, if you compare fucking shit to like steak, like obviously the steak's going to taste better regardless of how you cook it. Right. But like this, I, like in 2017, when there was a Bitcoin denier and they were attacking Bitcoin and they were like, it's a bubble and, and like it should be banned and it should be all these stuff. My main go to argument was you have the choice to not participate like you're anti-choice. You're not allowing us to exercise our choice to choose which money, which protocols that we want to interact with, what kind of speech we want to dictate. Like you're 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 interact. You're you're trying to interfere with that choice. Like, what do you care if you think Bitcoin's a bubble, then let us be like, let us be and go fuck yourself. Right. Um, you have the choice to not participate. The year is 2021. Do people have the choice not to participate? I think you either participate certainly or die. Do. You participate or die, it's, Marty, right? I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to die, but there are going to be consequences, long-term consequences for not participating. Your kids you and your grandkids are going to have trouble finding clean water. If you do not participate in this in this movement, am I am I being am I being extreme? Maybe I think a that's little a bit. little extreme. Not on the grandkids. Maybe on the kids. Eh, I think that's a little extreme. Oh my dog! Again, is like really I, angry at me for this one. It's fine. No, I think um, no, I, I I wouldn't go that extreme. Like again, and that's the beauty of, of switching to the sound monetary system in my mind at least is again you you reduce the amount of misallocated capital which arguably has led to uh the the inequality and in wealth and and quality of the the uh, gradient of quality of life that exists throughout our global society and, and you actually invest in things that are additive to society and, and benefit everybody overall and i i i don't think anybody's going to be standing under the citadel waiting for the dude from mad max to let the water um, rain down on everybody. That's not, I don't think that's the future Bitcoin brings. I mean, I don't think they're going to do it in like a waterfall fashion, but I think like, you know, some people will be drinking out of the communal water pump and some people will be drinking out of the Citadel water pump. I don't know. I think, I think the nature of, um, Bitcoiners being problem solvers will, will help make it so that, uh, uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of water for, for everybody that comes on this planet. I, I, I'm confident in that. Like, especially if you go to space and like we can fucking find an asteroid with a bunch of fucking ice on it, bring it back down. My dogs are very upset about my logic. They're they're trying to watch the sunset. It looks fucking beautiful there, dude. We're like literally three topics into a Let's go. Next topic. topic list. I apologize for derailing <laughs> it. I, I wanted to have that conversation. I was curious. I, it, it, it's It's been messing with me because... Uh, recently, that now that Caps Odell's on Sat Squeeze, it's like you have no choice. Like we're squeezing you. 
so so I've changed I've changed my narrative and I'm just trying to wrestle with it. Did I help bring any context to this for you or No, they have no choice. They have to participate otherwise their grandkids are going to be thirsty. Okay. We're that's we'll see. We're going to see how it plays out. Uh Grayscale premium went negative this week. That was very interesting first time ever, second time ever. Maybe the second time. Probably the first time. This is time. the first time that Grayscale has ever time? not had a premium. Yeah. And what it, so that's first like the big question. First time it's ever gone negative. So it's it's it usually ranges between 5 and 40% depending on where the price of Bitcoin is and the demand from institutions went negative this week. And that's what people are asking like why did Marty, the demand go negative? Do you remember I was talking to you and I said if an ETF gets approved GBTC goes negative and you're like probably not negative it'll probably hit parity. Yes, I am recalling that now. It that was like 2 weeks ago. And like it like just happened. Uh there hasn't been an ETF yet and we're already negative. So I think if there is an ETF we will definitely be negative. I think this is probably because there's a bunch of GBTC clones that are about to launch. Um, that all have expense ratios lower. They have all management fees are all lower than um, GBTC. They all undercut GBTC because GBTC is, you know, the elite, the the number one uh, fund. Um, I mean, so Barry Barry and crew. I was gonna say Barry and crew have made a ton of money off of GBTC. I don't think they're crying. I don't think they're crying poor or anything like that. Oh no, they have seven hundred thousand Bitcoin locked up in that shit. Um, So. So yeah, so I I think it's 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 probably a combi- it's a combina- it's a three-way combination. You have you have these GBTC competitors, there's like three of them now um that have recently announced that aren't out yet that all have cheaper management fees. So everyone's expecting the management fees will be lower um for those and why would you hold GBTC if you can hold an equivalent that has a lower management fee? Um, GBTC doesn't even do anything special in terms of custody. They just like leave it with Coinbase custody. Um, the second thing is probably people expecting an ETF because every bull run people expect an ETF, right? So that's going to hurt the premium. And then the third thing is three arrows capital, um, fucking semi shit corner chads over at three arrows capital, uh, went hard on the ARB opportunity, uh, that GBTC presented. And so did BlockFi. Um, and that takes about six months for them to go through that full arbitrage process. And I know for a fact that three hours got through it. I don't know if BlockFi got through it, but three hours did. And they probably uh, just like, you know, pulled out their profits on that, bringing down the premium. That's exactly how it's designed. Like that, that, that is the idea is that people can in the know can arbitrage through it to bring down that premium to make it more of a proper market instead of like like gbtc isn't supposed to be trading at 30 percent uh above bitcoin it's supposed to be trading near near the equivalent but i near think spot. this is the the new normal the new normal is going to be gbtc trading at a negative uh yeah. rather than a premium because i'd rather hold Bar- bitcoin yeah i think Par- barry and crew squeezed all all the juice out of that lemon good for them well they, they still made... get the management fee even if it trades out a negative they get the management it's fee. true they get that two percent um I, I would add one more factor probably significantly less of a factor than the three you just mentioned but also um these these stocks that allow individuals to get somewhat exposure to bitcoin like master yeah uh, micro is a competitor to gbtc yeah. in a way yeah um 
I mean, if you look at their Actually, market cap, it's like mostly Bitcoin now. Yeah. They're like being heavily driven by Bitcoin. It's like it's like uh, 95% of their market cap is the Bitcoin holdings they have. Yes. Um, no, no. Speaking on this tip, could segue to this topic, which is the fact that the California pension fund, CalPERS, pretty big pension fund, one of the most talked about. Largest in the country. In the country. It's, if it's the, the largest country. in the country, it's probably largest in the world, to be honest, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, and um, I mean, the, the CalPERS specifically, CalPERS, uh, Illinois Pension Fund in New Jersey are three that people most talk about the most as being like severely underfunded and and, and, and having um, like terrible returns and they have to like outpace uh, the S&P significantly moving forward to, to hope to be able to pay out all the pensioners that they owe money to. So they have, um, again, like I mentioned, like a stocks is a one way um, to get a derivative exposure, not like an, a derivative product, but like tangential exposure is probably a better word for it to Bitcoin. And CalPERS has been buying the stock of Riot, Riot blockchain, which um, is, is a miner here in North America. And I'm looking for... They're the largest by capitalization, I think. Right? So I think they're the largest publicly traded miner on in, in U.S. markets. Yes, in um, U.S. The HUD-8 California... might be bigger than them in Canada, but uh, I think here in the U.S. ride is... What, HUD-8 you said is bigger? Potentially, I believe so, but they're in Canada. Right, so, so Riot's the largest in America for sure, um, and publicly traded, largest in America and California pension fund is 450 billion almost massive massive pension fund um and they they they've gone a bit ham on uh on bitcoin i think it's uh what did i say it was like 8 million dollars worth of riot or something like that yeah i'm looking i'm actually like on the page right now so they oh, added no, 2.3 million dollars worth of riot yeah, hundred thirteen shares, hundred thirteen thousand shares. Yeah, hundred thirteen thousand shares. They added one thousand nine hundred twenty shares since their last public report. Um, Most bullish fundamental of Riot blockchain is that Pierre is on their advisory board. It is very bullish. It's like the no, I've talked reason. to the, I've spoken to the guys at Riot too. Yeah, they have very interesting backstory, very tumultuous backstory. Pivoted from a biomedical company, went through some trouble at the SEC, but they have righted the ship and gotten um, like responsible adults on their board who are actually running a legitimate business now um, in the mining business. So they're they're mining here in North America. I mean, you've probably seen them in in the news in the in the, in the Bitcoin space. Have been buying a shit ton of of Bitmain ASICs. Um, and so, yeah, they should be plugging them in throughout the course of the year. And, yeah, the mining stocks like them, Marathon, uh, HUD-8 up in Canada, uh, BitFarms up in Canada um, have been like some of them have been outperforming Bitcoin uh, year to date, I'm pretty sure. I don't know exactly which off the top of my head. But I remember at least at one point this year, some of the mining stocks were outperforming the corn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the markets, the the regulated equity markets, they they want exposure to Bitcoin, and they don't have the exposure to Bitcoin. Uh, you know, um, the the powers that be are completely happy with uh, Robinhood and Citadel manipulating markets, but God forbid we have a Bitcoin ETF. So until that happens, we're just gonna have all this shit show happening, and um, you can blame our regulators for that. 
uh, because there should just be just a simple exchange traded products that 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 own Bitcoin, so you don't have those fucking bullshit going on. But the key thing that 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 the freaks should take away here is that the largest pension public pension fund in America is short Bitcoin, and they're trying their best to cover those calls. So uh, keep that in mind. Sat squeeze. Sat squeeze. I'm loving. All caps, Matt. All caps. Caps Odell. Caps Odell. Caps Odell. Let's fucking Cap, go. Caps Odell. Caps Odell. We just got a, a shout out from Blockstream from our comments on Jade Wallet. It's really interesting to see ourselves in video form coming on a tweet from Blockstream. Sorry for checking my noties during the show. Wait, they um, tweeted us out? Yeah, yeah. Look it up. Ah, so cool. Uh, did you have that on the list? I don't think you had that on the list. What, Jade? That's No, not Jade. The... the uh, Blockstream satellite streaming out the the source code. What are they streaming? At, they're streaming out like Bitcoin core code, so you can, as an individual, like you can receive instead of having to download from GitHub or oh, Bitcoin core. I didn't core, know that. Yeah, I wrote. A, you haven't been reading the bent. You've been up in breaking, the woods, breaking. dicking around, dicking around. So yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm breaking this news for you. Um, well, yeah, this Blockstream. is why I listen to RHR, Marty. I listen to RHR <laughs> so I can get my my weekly news. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we obviously we talked about it last week and potentially the week before when uh, um, Vladimir, one of the lead maintainers of Core, basically came out after being subjected to a lawsuit from Craig Wright uh, over the hosting of the Bitcoin white paper on BitcoinCore.org. That caused like a huge hoopla. Like, oh my gosh, if um, if like are these Bitcoin.org and BitcoinCore.org specifically and GitHub also third in there. Are they centralizing factors of the distribution of the code and information about Bitcoin Core um, and the products of, of that event and conversations around? I've been like, hey, maybe we should distribute the social layer below the Bitcoin protocol level more. We need to torrent the white paper and the source code in, in as many uh places and allow individuals to access the code via as many avenues as possible and blockstream announced two days ago that they are now streaming uh, the bitcoin core source code to the world via their satellite and that the beauty of that is like it's crazy private because like instead of going to bitcoincore.org and downloading uh, the code from there in which if you're not using a vpn or tour they can see your ip not saying that the bitcoin core is is looking um, at your IP on their website, but like it's possible that you can identify IP and sort of say, hey, this IP is running Bitcoin Core. Um, let's go knock on their door and tell them to shut their node off with the satellites, push only. So they, they're literally just streaming it via radio waves to the earth. And if you have a, a satellite node set up uh, or a satellite receiver set up, you can receive the source code to download a node. And Blockstream literally has no idea who's actually... Uh, taking advantage of this functionality so this is it's a one-way transmission one-way transmission extremely cool but i think massive um for um for the the robustness of the network and how people access it i mean i don't know much about it except for what you just told me and i appreciate your concise explanation um that does seem pretty cool i uh i think the satellite's pretty cool in general i really like their little circle video thing they did <laughs> for the right trade. That's pretty cool. We have to learn how to do that. We have to do better at our video integration. Blockstream freaks who are listening, please, please help um, us. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said. I mean, 
the cool part about Bitcoin is that you can get you can you can get it all from a single source and you can verify it that it at least follows your consensus rules on your own node uh, in a trust minimized way, which is unique to Bitcoin. Um, not so much the source code, but at least on the the block data, which is 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 the main reason for the the blockstream satellite is that they're sending out this block data constantly and you can just verify that based on your rules now they could be making up shit but at least you know it follows the rules right um and that's unique to bitcoin and pretty fucking cool yeah so shout out to blockstream and i'll tell you for- i'll tell you as someone who's been a bougie homeless person um in <laughs> A, a nomad, a nomad. I don't want to consider you homeless. A bougie homeless. I don't have a home. I don't know where my home is. Like I, I can't say home. It doesn't exist. Uh, I think you have a home. I have a home. I have a home. My 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 family lives somewhere, and I can go live with them. Um, I there's a lot of people, man, that have poor internet connection. They have like really bad internet connection. And the fact that you can just throw up a satellite and just fucking receive something that would otherwise be heavy bandwidth um, and then get the extra privacy benefits from it um, is really massive. And then you can do like low bandwidth checks on it using like third party explorers and stuff um, to reduce that trust. And and it's a really, really beneficial thing to someone who's living in rural America. Um, I know in other countries, like you just have like fantastic cell internet everywhere you go. Um, but like as, as someone who, who's trying to stream like high bandwidth fucking information to people uh, on a weekly basis, like it is not easy finding a place that hopefully has a hardwire, but if they don't, at least has some kind of like cell like cell connection that I can can do it through that instead, right? Like right now I'm going through my cell phone. Um, and it's like the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. It's not something practical like if I want to run a full node constantly. Yeah, no, dude, where I am, the internet sucks on the island of mine. It's fucking infuriating. It's like it's 2021. I'm in fucking New Jersey in the United States and like we're just beholden to Xfinity here and it fucking sucks. Well, I mean, remember pre-pandemic that I was like in midtown Manhattan and we just like had internet outages for like seven hours, like because Comcast is so horrible, like in our office, like like we're right. fucking we're paying them for like a corporate fucking account, um, paying them hundreds of dollars a fucking month in the middle of supposedly the financial center of the world, and we would just go out of internet for like six hours. So I, I I I think these like these redundancy systems are vastly underrated, and it's important that we have them. And none of these shitcoins have this shit. No, none no. of the, they don't even think about it. They don't even consider it. <laughs> right? They don't care because they don't care. All they care about is taking your Bitcoin from you and holding it themselves. They don't give a shit about any of this. I've had it. Yeah, I, people have been asked like, "Well, fuck it, let's bring it up." Another. Uh, he's bringing it up another thread from years ago that you were a part of that was brought up was uh, Vitalik uh, <laughs> being happy about the, the normalization of quote unquote small pre-mines he legitimized small pre-mines he's proud of it and that's small like, 70% it's, it's pre-mines like, it's like the Vitalik playbook like take something that's been done before 
and then like literally claim it as your own, even if it's something terrible. Well, no, like, I agree with Vitalik that he legitimized Primon. No, he didn't. It was happening. No, in he legitimized to them. That's one of the reasons I hate Ethereum is that he legitimized them. He made it seem like it was normal. The the ICO craze and everything like before Ethereum existed. If Dash you did a pre-mine, Dash was normalized. Dash no, was normalized at one point. If you did a premine, you were a pariah. Like people didn't. They were against it, even on Bitcoin Talk and shit early on. They were against it until Ethereum. Ethereum set the precedent. They were like, we're cool with pre-mines. We're cool with ICOs. Here, we're going to do ICOs and shit. Like, even Counterparty. Counterparty was an ICO burn. Like, they burned all the money. They didn't keep the money. That money is worth billions of dollars now, probably. Like, right. insane amount of money that they just burned because they were ethically conscious. And then you just have, like, the non-ethical just come in. Uh, we got Bitcoin 2.0, and they'll they'll send you a sell you a fucking bullshit Kickstarter about it, and they'll pre mine the shit out of it, and they'll give you thirty percent of the pre mine in the sale, yeah. and they'll keep the other seventy percent. Defining a seventy two percent pre mine as small is, is very perplexing. Yeah, it's fucking to up. me at least. To me at least, oh, this is a Bitcoin podcast. We're gonna go on. Darknet markets hit new all time high in revenue, according to chain analysis. So is revenue, is that being like they're benefiting US from the, the price yeah. appreciation? Oh, U.S. dollars. Uh, but I actually, I just misspoke a tiny bit. I mean, they can still go fuck themselves. It was a 70% pre-mine. They didn't keep 70% of the pre-mine. They sold most of it. Um, yeah, they kept 12% for themselves. They kept 12% of the 70%. And then the, the 30% 72%. has been mined over time. But they didn't want that to be mined. They wanted it to be proof of stake insiders. And they've just failed. They tried. So I just wanted yes. to correct the record there. That's the difference between me and the shit corners is that I got a little bit emphatic and I corrected myself right away. Um, well, well, thank you. What was our next topic? Uh, oh, revenue, dark, dark markets, chain analysis, archive link. Let's go. Check it out. Um, um, Matrix chat client. No, I no. Been following this. Before we get here, let's just go back to the dark market. I think this is bullish. This is why I put it here. I think it's the most. It's one of the more important fundamentals that people disregard. I think if you can't spend your money at will, it's not good money. Um, I think one of the key value props of U.S. dollars is that you literally can spend it on drugs and whatever the fuck you want to spend it on. Uh, it uh, we wouldn't be the reserve currency otherwise. Um, you know they don't want to talk about it, but the fact that the U.S. dollar is the main currency of cartels, the main currency of terrorists, like it is a thing. Like it is real. Like if you have good money, you should be able to spend it how you want to spend it. Um, one of the interesting things about this report is we've talked about in the past. The number one market is Hydra, which is the Russian market where they do the cool. They don't ship it. They just like put it under coordinates and they like tell you it's like under this bench on these coordinates in Moscow, which is really fucking cool. The second thing that's interesting here is that they just completely disregard White House market, which is the 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 number one growing market. They're not the largest market. Hydra is probably the largest market, and they are Monero only, and they just completely disregarded that. So uh, it it's probably way higher uh, in terms of revenue than they 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 stated. Yes, very interesting fundamentals, and like so, I'm like going through the report now. Russia's number one, U.S. is number two, China's number... It's because Hydra's number one. Four. Ukraine, yeah, so Russia, U.S., Ukraine. I'm, I'm surprised to see... I shouldn't be surprised to see China on this list, but... Presumably, yeah. the Hydra consumers are are 
they're like high level dark market consumers and then they spread out amongst the world after right so it's like almost like hydra's like the you know it's like the top level distribution but then like there there's a there's a potential and most likely is that the consumers on hydra are then the dealers on other networks right that wouldn't surprise me yeah, yeah. that makes sense um, so be aware, freaks. Darknet market's very hot right now. Another interesting fact from 2019 to 2020, uh, the number of transfers sent to darknet markets went down considerably by a few million, but the the value of those transfers went up. And that that's what I was like. Is that because of the price appreciation in Bitcoin, or is the that number you can't just... you can't you can't go by number of transactions. Number of transactions. You know, first of all, they're not including White House market, right? Which is Monero only, um, and you and you just can't you can't go by. You know, first of all, chain analysis does not have a perfect view. Let's be honest, right? They're going to pretend they have a perfect view. They don't have a perfect view on it. Um, but yeah, year over year went down. It's still higher transaction. Number of transactions is still higher than every other year. Nope. And total revenue, it's the highest it's ever been. Yes. So it's like kind of like a, it's a takeaway, I guess, but it's like kind of a bullshit takeaway. Like, I don't think it's like a real, um, it's not something you can really act on. I think the the main thing we can act on here from an information point of view is that the dark markets have increased in value regardless of all the every everything that they've tried to do to stop them, all this enhanced KYC, everything that the honest law abiding citizen has to fucking deal with, all this extra privacy risk they have to deal with has done fucking nothing. The dark markets grow, they grow stronger, they grow bigger every fucking day. Um yeah, and and like th those are proper free markets. Like I'm not gonna go farther than that. But those are proper free markets, and they they grow every day. And and all this KYC shit is just all bullshit that doesn't really slow it down at all. Agreed. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna agree with you there. We're an hour and thirty four minutes in, not even at the software updates <laughs> yet. Um, it's a ridiculous week list, though. Yeah. Uh, this is so Google removed a a chat app, an open source chat app from this their is massive, and like no one really from their play, about it from their Play Store. Yeah, this is pretty pretty fucked up. So Matrix is a if you listen to disp the dispatch this week, we talked about self hosting and federated uh, networks, um, and Matrix is one of them. So it's a distributed censorship resistant chat network. Um, so think like Slack without the company, right? On uh, self self-hosted servers that can interact with each other that are censorship resistant. And it's a protocol, just like Mastodon is. Like the freaks might be more comfortable with Mastodon, which is a Twitter clone that is federated and self-hosted. Same with Matrix. Um, so you can almost think of Matrix as like the World Wide Web, right? Element is a client that interacts with Matrix. It's, it's the most user-friendly client that interacts with Matrix. You can get it on the Google Play Store. You can get it on, on the website for your desktop, or you can get it on the Apple App Store. Google removed it from the Play Store. It was it's And they moved removed it from the Play Store because of objectionable content in the chat rooms, that they have no idea what's going on in the chat rooms. Um, so it is, it is the equivalent of them removing like a web browser and saying like, if you use this web browser, you can go to wikileaks.com or something. Right. 
Yeah. And it's an escalation from them deplatforming Parler before Parler got deplatformed from AWS. It got removed from the app stores, right? And it's just another it's a it's just another case where we see an open source app with an open implementation, an open network that is censorship resistant, get removed from the app store. And I think that Bitcoiners should realize now they should they should start to understand that we cannot rely on these centralized app stores to facilitate our software downloads. They are going to come against us uh, eventually. If they if 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 not soon, it will happen eventually. Get your pixels, wipe them, and get graphene again. Just do the nature of linking up to Ronin Dojo. I've been messing around with my my pixel with graphene on it, and do it before you need to. I mean, the freaks know that I'm super pro graphene, and the coolest part about graphene now is that you can use this web installer, so it's way easier. Like, um, I do honestly believe that that our TFTC guide series on graphene is the easiest way to install graphene prior to this. But now that this web installer exists, you don't even need that. You can just do it all through Chrome, um, and it's way easier. That is obviously the pinnacle. You just completely remove Google from your services. But it's important for people to realize that just your stock Android phone, you just have like a regular Samsung phone or a regular Google Pixel or whatever. Like you don't need to use the App Store, like you, the Play Store. You can just sideload. You can install an app on the side, and that's super important. Uh, that's something you've always been able to do on a PC. That's something historically you've been able to do on a Mac. It is getting harder on a Mac, but that's something that we need to fight for. Like you should always be able to just install an app separate of whatever the curated store is. And it, and if and if these serve if these providers start limiting that, we need to fight even more. Um, and I, I think the biggest fight is going to be on the Mac side. Like if you own a Mac, like you should be able to install whatever application you want to do. Like, and then they, right now what they do is they like throw up like a shit ton of warnings. They make it like as difficult as possible to install it, but they let you do it, but it's going to get harder and harder. They're going to try and centralize squeeze us in terms of what apps you can install and whatnot. And Bitcoin can survive like. If you want to install Blue Wallet on your Android, you can just download the APK if they ban you um, or Samurai Wallet. But it's going to significantly hurt us in terms of ease of use and, and adoption. So we've got to fight back, speak up. No, like Ronin Dojo, I had to fucking go into my security preferences and be like, I trust this software. Um, yeah, Mac makes it really difficult. Yeah. They like scare you. They make it seem like it's like a virus, like Russia's attacking you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be vocal. Liberty in the digital age. This is the fight we're fighting, freaks. We we get these oppressors uh, stripping away our civil liberties on the web, or we build out these open source softwares that allow us to, software systems, excuse me, that allow us to retain our freedom and our sovereignty, our individuality in, in, in the digital age. This is why we're here. Speaking of software that enables all of this, Finally, at the software update section of the podcast, Zeus version 0.5.0 beta 1 has been released. That APK uh, link will be in the show notes. BISC version 1.5.5 has been released. Hexawallet version 1.4.2 has been released. Phoenix version 1.4.6 has been released. Uh, there are a few guides uh, or two guides that, that popped up on our radar this week. The home mining for non-KYC Bitcoin from econo alchemist this is a really good one uh it's really in depth and 
uh, I, I had fun watching him create that little wooden box, that, that sound canceling box for his what's minor. Um, and then creating a whole like piping system for the heat, uh, to, to send it out, out his window, very involved, very, very long weekend project I expect. Is the noise. Yeah. The sound, the decibel levels, like he yelled up like one of the, like the noise that I think was like 85 or something like that, which is insane. Um, uh, so that's a guide where you got that link in the show notes if you're looking to acquire non-KYC by mining at home and you're willing to stomach the the energy consumption and the price of that electricity. This guide is in the show notes. Shout and out just to Econo. To be, Go ahead. Just to be clear, like like if you can if you can get KYC free sats through mining at home, like I would take a twenty percent hit on that. At least. I would easily yeah, take a 20% hit on just like automatic stacking every day, no matter what, KYC free, 20%, boom, I would take it. And there's like a novelty to it too, right? Like you have your friends over, you're like, ooh, look at my little, look at my little Bitcoin option, my physical Bitcoin option that's, that's just producing sats for me on the reg. It's hard to ignore. It's very loud. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> it was really cool. I mean, like I'd be interested to see like, how many freaks could actually make the box that he made? Like, if you look at the video of him cutting the wood, um, and like putting this box together, it's very like it's crazy. Like how he had like the different size, um, well, I mean, like pegs. Yeah, I mean, the easy easy mode is is you don't like live in a confined area, so you can just like leave them in a room that you just never go in. <laughs> right. You know, like that's easy mode. Like easy mode should just be. Um, like I'm one of the few freaks that have mined in a fucking studio apartment in New York City. That fucking sucks. Like, there's no solving that. No. You're never gonna. No. You, you, you're dealing with that. That is cope. <laughs> you're just gonna automatically deal with that. But like, if you live in like a rural environment, um, you can just leave them in the garage or whatever. Put a couple of Asics in your garage. Yeah, that's what I'm interested. Like the fact that the box is wooden too. Like, I wonder. Sure. I glossed over it. He addressed it in in the guide, but I wonder if that's like a fire hazard having that that machine so tightly wound. I mean, it's not box. like regulatory compliant. I promise you that. Yeah, no. That's like uh, the second whole point. guide, second guide that we want to point out is uh, from our boy Katan down under. Uh, he's got a self hosting guide, just uh, walking you through his stack of how he self hosts um, his his operations, his um, his hardware. What do you what do you runs his, his he self-hosts uh his data his bitcoin notes he runs mastodon stuff. he runs a full twitter clone from his house yeah it's possible that's his, like his that's website my goal. k3ton.com hosted from his house self-hosted that's my goal is to get our ghost no self-hosted it's not the goal it's my goal um it doesn't need to be it, like there's 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 levels to this shit. I I, I mean I, I appreciate the goal. You go for it. Go for it. I if you haven't listened to the dispatch this week, I, it was with Katan. I had Katan on and we discussed the self hosting guide. So go check it out. Go peep it. Go peep it, freaks. Um. Yeah, getting through this list. But my base. point is, I guess my point is, is like there's an argument to be made, right? Like. Rodolfo runs my instance on Mastodon, right? I thought he wound that instance down. No, he's still running it, and like I'm on his instance, and we can interact with every other instance, right? And if he wants to fuck me, 
Like, he's my boy. Like, if he wants to fuck me, like, then we'll have issues as friends. And, like, I'll be angrier about it on the podcast and shit. And, like, it would probably, like, hurt his business a little bit, you know? Like, so there's there's arguments to be made that there's... there's Self-hosting is obviously the, the, the goal, the ultimate goal. But there's trade-offs to be made in that situation. I can't self-host right now when I'm just going from place to place. Like, I can't do it. Like, I just literally can't do it. What's the worst that can happen if someone else hosts me? They can, like, cancel me, and then I can just emerge somewhere else, right? Um, so there's obviously trade-offs in every different place, but uh, it is pretty fucking cool that he can run all this shit directly from his home, and he just r- wrote a guide that shows you how to do that. Yeah. Shout-out to our boy Katan. Excuse me, I just burped. I just burped into my hat And there. there's a burp in there, too, for me. Uh, Coinbase, they're trying to IPO, looking at a $50 billion valuation. Way higher. They're going to be way higher. Yeah, they're going to pop. They're going to pop. Talk about stocks that give you you exposure to Bitcoin. If you're listening, freaks, if you can buy that shit under $100 billion, it's going to be worth it, but don't. I hate that company, but I think they're going to be, they're going to go way higher. There's going to be a fucking ridiculous IPO. Absolutely ridiculous. Like you thought Beyond Meat was a big one? Like wait wait till Coinbase goes. Yeah, so this is um, from one of our favorite publications, The Block Crypto, oh. from from the Scoop Master. Would you see Dudas changed? Uh, he's at a new company now? He's in the stable coins, right? A regulated stable coin. The most... Uh... That man has faux principles. No, I mean, I, regulated stable coins are beanie babies before they happened. You know, like, I don't even know. Like, what do they, there's no need for them. No. Especially like That's, regulated corporate stable coins. Like, you're just going to get overridden by the, the central bank ones, like from like Avanti and shit. Um, so, yeah. like, what do, like, why would I use you over PayPal? Why would I use you over Avanti's, whatever? Yeah. So Coinbase is doing a direct listing. I'm sorry, I'm reading this. I'm trying because because I heard a rumor that like the listing was happening like in the next few weeks. Is that? I true? think they're trying to speed it up as much as possible. Everyone wants to get. Uh, they see that the U.S. economy is in clown world mode right now, and they're just trying to get that bang for their buck as quick as possible. That makes a lot of um, sense. So like, as, as far as every single Coinbase investor is concerned, I promise you that right now in behind the scenes conversations, they're like, let's get this done as soon as fucking possible, which is really fucking funny because if you were a Bitcoiner focused company, you're like, we need to wait a couple months. Like we haven't gotten started yet. Like we're getting ready. Like, like things are like happening, but they're just so low, so high time preference. And so like short, short term thinking that they're like, oh, my God, we just need to fucking cash out right now before like we get hit with security violations or we get hit with all the shit where people realize DeFi is just bullshit. Like all this shit. They're like, oh. We got to get it fucking done. Yeah, I'm sure fucking A16Z and all those early Sequoia, all those early investors are like putting the pressure on like we oh we need we need to cash out some of that initial uh funding for you like let's get on ipos are wild right now man like airbnb airbnb went fucking crazy like all the ipos are going fucking crazy this is what people don't this is a product of broken money 
Like, this is ridiculous. Right? This is a ridiculous idea. Like, people think, like, oh, Wall Street bets. Like, all this shit happened. Like, we need to tokenize securities. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, people shouldn't have to fucking gamble in the casino to have their 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 grandkids have clean water. You know, like, right? that's like, ridiculous. Thinking of how fucked up and how far we strayed where people are more focused on the stock of a company than actually what the company produces. Or, like, they're, they're more focused on these games than actual things of value right you're just focused on this little casino market over here and they're not even thinking about like what we're producing in the real world like the stock market it's all the broken money it all comes down to broken money if we can just hold our money and we're just increasing value we wouldn't we could just opt out of these things we wouldn't have to fucking deal with it yes and speaking of broken money the broken money is leading to inequality and the fed is actually starting to admit this. They're, they're admitting that their policy is actually racist to an extent because of the Cantillon effect that, that benefits um, people with assets, which in this country happens to be predominantly uh, people of our race, Matthew. Um, and the top 80% um, have been benefiting from Fed policy directly. So I'm not going to read the whole thread. The, the the paper's called... Um, the paper hasn't been released, right? We only got screenshots on Twitter. Yeah, I think we got a leak of it. Um, I don't know. It's it's out. Uh, read the list. So, Matthew... Shout out to uh, Matthew Henzelka at M-A-T Hans, H-A-N-Z, um, on Twitter. Uh, read the latest from Federal Reserve on monetary policy and racial inequality. So, this is public, I believe, on the Fed's website. So, yes, it comes from the Federal Reserve of New York. Um Federal Reserve Bank in New York, excuse me, uh, monetary policy and racial inequality. It sort of dives into uh, the the inequality that exists and maybe uh, uh, driven by this this fucked up money system that we have that that uh, benefits those closest to the production of money, uh, closest to the Fed window, closest to the spigot. Um, so we're gonna link to that uh, thread. In the show notes, go check it out. I mean, we've been saying this. I've been saying this for quite some time. Like, fix the money, fix the world. The 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 problem at the core of the inequality is not red team, blue team, left versus right. It's the fact that we have fucked up the money, and that is allowing very few individuals to benefit uh, unduly compared to the rest of us. So go check it out. The Fed is racist. Fed is racist. The U.S. dollar is racist. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bitcoin just wants to. Uh, we we just want Bitcoin just wants to help. Let let Bitcoin help. Anybody can access it. Doesn't care if you're black, white. It is pretty crazy that Asian. they released their own paper that was just like we are just unequal. Right. Well, maybe like, are they hey. even trying? Like, why don't they just hide it from us? Like, why? Why maybe. I. When I grew Maybe up, being- when I grew up, I grew up in the '90s, and and like the Fed was just supposed to lie to us, like we're the greatest country on earth, and we're just, you know, helping equality, and we're just making things better, and our money is the best money that has ever existed, you know, like that's what I grew up on. What's happening? Like, why? How did this happen? It's good to see some introspection, you know. Maybe there's been a turning of the tides, a turning of hearts and minds at the federal reserve maybe they're starting to question whether or not they're actually doing good for the world which arguably uh, they definitely aren't doing good for the world i would say it's uh, weird though yeah. i'd prefer if they lied to us you know like it just why what, like 
the truth, the random little truths are weird, you know? Right. Be consistent. I'd prefer if people were consistent. Well, this is like, that's the other thing. This is, so this is from the specific Federal Reserve Bank, one of the 12, the uh, Bank of New York and their staff. Bank of um, Nine. If, bank, bank of <laughs> Nine. If you don't remember last year, I believe it was last year, potentially the year before, uh, we talked about uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia and their staff putting out uh, the paper that wanted to, what was the, the phrase? Um, we actually give them like a little bit too much shit. Like they, they're more distributed than you would think they are. Like the, the, the Federal Reserve Banks, it's, it's, it's kind of cool that they have all these different uh, subsets that all report different things, right? Yeah. What was it? Um, what was the Fed Bank affiliate? They're saying they want to something locate. Um, they're basically just saying they want to micromanage the economy and it's something <laughs> like a report, like a, a Philly team would never win a, a national championship unless we printed money or something. According to those lines, no, 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 it wasn't that. It was <laughs> what that. It was uh, God. I can't forget. I can't remember the term. I talked about it with Chris Arnade when he was on the podcast last year. Uh, also, short Bitcoin, Chris. Cover Chris, your call. Get, on, get in the game, Chris. Uh, Jared Dillon. Jared Dillon. Short Bitcoin. Cover your call. Yeah, Jared. Um, who was a coyote guy? Coyote guy. Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt. Short Bitcoin. Cover your call. Very short Bitcoin. <laughs> short monetarily and uh, spiritually. You, you need to get on. All those guys. Mike Green. Mike Prof Green. Plum. Short Bitcoin. Cover yourself. Did, did you see the pomp debate with him barack obama short bitcoin cover yourself elon musk yeah. short bitcoin cover yourself billionaires everywhere short bitcoin cover yourself every single blue check is short bitcoin and we're going to squeeze the fuck out of them we're going to build Blatt. a better world we're going to build francis? a better world and every single blue check is going to pay for it do you think our canadian blue checks francis and rodolfo are short uh rodolfo called me out because he's a blue check um he could try but it's impossible to be sufficiently long Bitcoin. So he is also short Bitcoin and fuck you. <laughs> Every blue check is short Bitcoin and we're going to squeeze the fuck out of them. There's something like 37 millionaires in in the world. Only 21 million Bitcoin. All those motherfuckers are 37 million millionaires. And they're not going to be able to own one whole Bitcoin. The squeeze is going to be fucking insane, and everyone's going to pretend like it was obvious after the fact. Joe's going to be like, Joe Weisenthal's going to be like, it was priced in at like 2016, and like we all knew. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't fucking priced in. You can get in now still, and we can get in ahead of time. Joe, just submit. The, the efficient market hypothesis has been completely invalidated. Completely invalidated. If the EMH was real... After the MicroStrategy conference, we should just automatically be at SatSem parity. Automatically. Right? Yeah. That's coming. It's coming. That's coming. We're going to be 200K by Should we by talk about Bitcoin Elon? 2021. Let's talk about Elon because that was a big... Hey, Elon's, Elon's boring to me. He's, he's like... I don't... It's important. It's important. Is it's it the though? richest like... man in the world. Richest man in the world is learning about Bitcoin live is he he's not learning he's playing with people he's no, like he's, just like in, he's there's a there's a there's a he's not learning about bitcoin he's shit he, posting uh, a little bit a little bit of it is shit posting 100 percent shit posting okay but 
He was on it's Clubhouse. All, he was on Clubhouse. He it's said all Bitcoin, a show, dude. He said Bitcoin's a, a good show. thing on Clubhouse. He said I have to be careful about what I say because I move markets. He Obviously. put hashtag Bitcoin in his bio. Okay. Gone. He did shield Dogecoin. He can go fuck himself for that. But honestly, if I was worth billions of dollars, I like, like it's funny, right? Because we're the people that have fuck you money, so we shit post on Twitter all day. But then when someone who has the most fuck you money in the whole entire world shit posts on Twitter, we fucking flip shits, right? And I, I, I'm not defending his Dogecoin shill because real people get hurt when you shill these bullshits, right? And, and, and I understand that Elon loves that he can shill a Dogecoin that is illiquid and it does not have securities uh, repercussions. Like, that is a game changer, right? This fact that, and this is what I said earlier, this, this fact that billionaires can shill uh, Bitcoin and, and they don't have to worry about securities violations because it's not a security. Same with Dogecoin, which is weird because Dogecoin is very illiquid and is obviously a complete shitcoin. He can get away with that. So I'm not justifying that, but at the same time, like this motherfucker, he's just playing around. He's just like having a good time. But at the same time, he is really authentically learning about Bitcoin for the, I think for the first time. I thought he already had like a major bag, but the way he interacted with Clubhouse, the way he's interacted these last couple of days, like I think he doesn't have the bag yet. I think he's like very short Bitcoin. Um, and I think he's going to have to accumulate in the future but it, it's very interesting to me having the richest man in the world be so transparent like right like when the richest man in the world was carlos slim or bill gates like they we didn't have this transparency right like we have this little child who's like shit posting to the world and we see it in real time that's pretty cool yeah I, i'm calling bullshit i think he's just toying with you think people. he has like a massive bag of bitcoin already yeah yeah, I think he's toying with people. How big is a massive bag for Elon, the richest man in the world? Uh, I don't want to put a number on that. I bet he has a thousand Bitcoin, which isn't a massive bag for him. But if he has under a thousand Bitcoin, is he short Bitcoin? For how much? For how many cuck bucks he has? Yes. Um, right. If he doesn't, if he what's doesn't the have threshold? If he's under ten thousand Bitcoin, he's short Bitcoin, right? That's another order of magnitude. Um, well, uh, MicroStrategy has like what seventy k. I think yeah, that's like have. I think that's a fair threshold. Like if Elon has less, Sailor than some has like sixteen thousand tech company. <laughs> like like no one like MicroStrategy is still like Bitcoin has not mooned yet. When Bitcoin moons, MicroStrategy can lay claim to being, you know, the most valuable company in the world. But as it stands right now, some random ass tech company. That like their 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 piece their resistance was the the fucking dot com bubble where they were way worth they were worth way more. If they have more Bitcoin than you, Elon, and you're the richest man in the world, you're short Bitcoin. You have less than seventy thousand Bitcoin, you're short Bitcoin. And if you're short Bitcoin, have fun staying poor. <laughs> hey. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, I think Elon's just toying with people. I think he likes the attention. And I don't think so, man. I don't know, man. It just all seems too like yeah. I think I think he just likes fucking with people. I just want like, if 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 any freak is realistically thinking about Doge, I just want you to know that each Doge costs about 130 sats, and that's very expensive. I'd prefer the yeah, sats. The other weird thing about like the Elon 
clubhouse is like the Neuralink, like having the monkeys play games. That shit freaks me out. I do not want to be chipped at the brain level. Yeah, I don't I mean, know about you. Did you see my tweet? Bill Gates is short Bitcoin. Yeah, of course he is. Good. I want Bill Gates to Dad squeeze. die. I want Bill Gates to to die poor. You want to hear the inside the the inside baseball of Caps Odell is I'm just going to go through like every single billionaire. I'm just going to tweet out in all caps short Bitcoin sad squeeze. So if you want, if you want to preempt me, you can do that. Otherwise, I'm going to do it. It's happening, freaks. Well, I'm sure by the time the freaks get to this point of the podcast, you'll have listed every billionaire in the world. Like no, immediately no, I have them all recording. saved in my draft tweets, though. So if you don't get, if you don't hit me, I can just <laughs> do it in like two two clicks. Uh, damn, dude, this list never ends. It's a big, it's a big week. People don't realize. We can we can just mention the story Ukraine, which has been very Bitcoin forward. A lot of really good companies have been out of there. The the tech scene in Ukraine is pretty vibrant and. We have a lot of developers coming out of Ukraine. Gleb uh, Nelmenko comes to mind. Uh, very important Bitcoin core dev. Uh, the Ukrainian government announced that, that they're considering mining Bitcoin with nuclear. I think they, they have something like eight gig or excuse me, megawatts of capacity that they could use to mine my Bitcoin. Not like an extremely large operation, but material. It would be interesting to see um, if they actually make it happen. Uh, it's, interesting that they're publicly considering it if this i were is them. massive is it not yeah i mean it's massive that government's considering it but like i would have like launched the the um eight megawatt site eight megawatt site plugged all the miners and then announced it be like hey we're already mining so like these announcements are like we've heard these we may do this type announcements right, I, before I, in the past i wish I'd i rather the problem with you but i have this other date yeah exactly yeah. um all so the we'll freaks see. out there who got shielded a prom date that didn't get one. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> I was I was lucky enough to go to prom. I got invited to a prom too. It felt good. Um, proposed Bitcoin ban in India again. It's proposed. No, it's been happened before. This uh, is real so though, bro. It's gonna go to the Supreme Court again though. This is different than China banning Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, this incited Balaji to write like an 18 minute uh, medium post on on why it would be a terrible idea for India to uh, ban Bitcoin at this particular juncture. I think in, in that paper, he they're going to ban it. Peace. They're going to try. They're going to straight up ban it. They're going to make already, it illegal to own Bitcoin. They've already done it before. Right. But the difference was last time. So, India, second most populous country in the world. Technically a democracy. It's kind of like a quasi-democracy, to be honest. Um, I guess we all are. Uh, but, like, really in India, it's, like, very much a quasi-democracy. Modi has been very, very, very um, steadfast in terms of his power. Um, the last ban in India was a central bank ban, and the Supreme Court overturned it because the central bank did not have the right to ban authority. it, right? Yeah. This time it's a parliamentary ban, and the parliament it that is proposing it is the same party that has complete control of the parliament. Um, and this is a country that has banned cash and like has made people bring in their dollars, uh, their their uh, Indian rupees, and 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 exchange them KYC for new rupees. 
and they're they're a country that has gone hard in terms of tax evasion and, and gold because Indians love gold. Um, so it makes complete sense to me that they're going to go fucking whole hog here. And this is a very big market for Bitcoin. Like this is a market that that wants Bitcoin, and that's why their government is standing up against it. And I, I think this is going to be a major fight for this community, and we should be completely aware of everything that's happening over there and, and pay attention to it. Because I, I, yeah. I really do think that it's very likely that this this passes. Yeah, and we should be as supportive as possible in trying to undermine what the Indian government is doing. I mean, the protests going on there right now at the farmers um, versus the, the kleptocratic elite. You have fucking Bollywood scumbags siding with the government as these farmers are just fighting for the right to... to <laughs> make a living uh jeet sidhu shout out jeet was telling us the story of a journalist who who um got apprehended and was in a cell and he was basically taking notes on his legs he was writing notes about what they were taught uh, the officials were talking about planning on doing um and he was detained for a few days i believe and has like copious amounts of notes on on their plans and then from what I understand it's pretty oppressive they, they want to come down with an iron fist and stomp this out and they're doing everything they can to get um, the propaganda machine going so Bollywood's getting involved and uh, the, the media is is being uh, I don't want to say is being pressured to uh, videotape certain things and present things in a certain way very very beneficial for the government and make the the government and the the uh, the goons that they're sending out there look like they're the good guys. Um, so any of you Indian freaks out there listening, we're praying for you. We're pulling for you. And if there's anything we can do to help from a Bitcoin perspective if, from over here, let us know. DMs are open. Um, I mean, they, guys, they literally, they literally, they shut down the internet, dude. But so so there's a there's a separate thing going on. I mean, they hate Bitcoin. And 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 honestly, I don't give them shit about hating Bitcoin. It's the same reason Brad Sherman hates Bitcoin. They hate Bitcoin for the right reasons. And like if you hate Bitcoin for the right reasons, like at least respect. I respect I respect that you realize that, right? Um and they know it's gonna hurt their power and, and, and that's why they hate it. Um but at the same time we have the Indian farmers are protesting there and they just completely cut the internet. They yeah. cut the internet. It's been cut for multiple days uh, in the in the New Delhi region, which is one of the most populous regions of the world, let world. alone India. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like and Nigeria like that, and then New Delhi, I believe. There is never a defendable reason to cut internet. Like there is literally, a, there's no single reason ever. And I will stand by this like you freaks. If I ever defend an Internet ban or an Internet restriction, you can come at me. There is never a good reason, a non-authoritarian reason to cut the Internet and they cut the Internet. So take it as you will. Yeah. Again, I'm pulling for any of you Indian freaks out there. It's pretty fucked up what's going on. Uh, they want to ban Bitcoin and they want to suppress uh, the will of, of of the common man over in india to 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 fight for for a fair living <sighs> godspeed and again if there's anything we could do to help from over here please feel free to dm if it, 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 it could be something as small as just beating the message into the ears of, of our listeners which we do have a global audience matthew so hopefully 
um, all of our our freak nodes around the world can help propagate this message and and empower uh, the the Indian citizens who are who are fighting for freedom. You know, I might be unique. I, I'm I'm probably unique in this regard, but my I might be white. I might be white. I am white. Uh, but but my my grandmother grew up in Mumbai, and at the time it was Bombay. So I didn't even realize this. You people are my people, and I'm here for you. And uh, if 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 I can help in any way, let me know. Yeah, love all y'all. Stay strong. If you could even like fuck, we may be saying this, and maybe even be able to get this message because the internet's fucking shut down. Fuck Modi, like the fucking banning of the cash and. The biometric system he wants to implement. It's very Orwellian and very It's super Orwellian. And the craziest impressive. part is how much the, the like the US media organizations are like so pro, they're so pro right? Yeah. Well it's super well, scary. Our propaganda machine likes surveillance as well. <sighs> Staying on this tip. <laughs> it's been a military coup in Myanmar. Uh the ATMs, banks, and internet access has also been shut down to me and Amar as uh, a military coup. It's always the money, guys. It's the money plus the internet. That's what it always is. Cut off the money and the right. internet. That's why Bitcoin's important. There's some like Ghislaine Maxwell connection here, too. Um, apparently, yeah, the, the person in charge, the woman in charge, the quote-unquote democratically elected. So that's what, like, I, I've just been following this at arm's length. I, I don't know if the individuals in Myanmar are happy that the the military is cooing. No, they aren't. I don't know. Again, I, they aren't, Marty. That video, of the, is that video real? That woman doing, like, the aerobics and the military rolling in behind her? No, that's not okay. real. The Mr. Robot uh, intro? No, did you see that video floating around Twitter? Yeah, I saw the video. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. One of one of the freaks, I think it was Ronin Ronin uh node on Twitter. Like he did he did that, but he did the Mr. Robot intro <laughs> the intro text on top I of still, it. And it was just like twenty twenty one is just I crazy. still haven't watched Mr. Robot. I need to get on that. But uh no, no, that 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 was uh she had a green screen behind her, so it was classic uh Photoshop uh social media twenty twenty one. Uh, it wasn't really behind her, but still, like a coup happened, and like no one's really talking about it. I don't know how to <gasps> pronounce her name, but she won a Nobel Prize. Oh shit, dude! Aung San Suu Kyi. My mic stopped recording. I might have run out of data. Yeah, I did. Fuck, I ran out of data on my uh, SD card for the Zoom. It happened. No, no, but it's recording yeah. on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, which is coming to your computer, and I'm recording locally, so yeah, be we'll good. be good. But it's just like I've had this is like a 128 gig SD card. It fucking okay, Marty. But we're talking about a coup here. Like, can we ground ourselves a yes, little bit? Yes, we can. Um, so this is like a big deal. I mean, in Myanmar, they have military coups like all the time, unfortunately. Um, but I think a key here is that the ATMs, the banks, all got shut down with the internet, and that's what's going to happen in coups going forward. Like if if you can cut off the money, like you're gonna fucking do it because if you can cut off the money, like you cut off the rebels' money, um, and that this is why cash is important. And as cash gets diminished, we're gonna need a digital alternative, and that's where Bitcoin enters the the game. Um, yeah, I mean, so this is massive. So like if you if you want to bring in money into India or Myanmar, um, or Belarus for that matter, 
Um, the only way you can do it is with Bitcoin. Hopefully you're running a satellite too or a mesh network. And in terms of Belarus, Belarus, they brought in uh, the, the, the Bitcoin facilitating uh, Belarus rebels brought in 179 worth of Bitcoin, 179 Bitcoin worth of funds into Belarus over the last year, which is insane. Right. Like this is what people don't realize. Like just this little this seemingly little power of being able to just transfer money across borders without restriction In a fashion. gives the little guy so much power. It gives the little guy so much fucking power to facilitate resistance to centralized control. It's insane. I agree. It's beautiful. This is why we're here. Gorgeous. Satoshi created a, a digital peer to peer distributed cash system. I mean, this is the beauty of it. It empowers individuals around the world who are being subjected to uh, very oppressive governments. And like these stories towards the end, it's fucking terrible what's going on. It makes me feel incredibly lucky, even though uh, it makes me feel incredibly lucky right now in the U.S. things aren't that bad. But I would not be surprised if things do get that bad in the future. Like the the... the so this is the, the fucking reason.com posts an article of a proposed bill to create quasi uh, suspicious activity reports for tweets in online speech. Like, well, this is what I warned you about, Marty. You warned me about a lot of things, Matthew, but it's crazy to see this particular, this is well, so this is, what, this is beyond fuck. That this, well, be- this is what the Republicans have been saying. The Republicans are saying that they want to remove section two thirty. Um, I've been which, against. Which provides, I've been against the removal of Section Two Thirty. Okay, it provides platforms uh, plausible deniability. That's what Section Two Thirty does, and that's important, right? Because if you don't provide plausible deniability in an overly litigious world, what that means is that every single quasi suspicious thing needs to be fucking reported, right? And we end up in a way worse situation. The, the solution to censorship is not more regulation. Regulation itself is the embodiment of censorship. It is, the, it is, it is a select few deciding uh, who gets to speak and who doesn't get to speak. The, the, the solution to censorship is that no one has the power to censor anybody. And that is scary as fuck, and I understand that, and I respect that, but you are wrong if you think otherwise. Like, that is, that is the solution, and we're going to make that happen, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Agreed. Yeah, and, and, like, censorship isn't the answer, right? Like, that's what we have to get through to more and more people is, like, the, the, the you don't shut down bad ideas with censorship. You shut down bad ideas with good ideas, and that's actually happy I just said that. Props to me, Uncle Marty. Uh, two days ago, I wrote a bent and just had a little Thomas Sowell appreciation post and an incredible one-hour documentary about one of the most incredible thinkers of our time. We are lucky to be living on this rock uh, while Thomas Sowell is alive, and that's one of his main driving ideals is like you, you beat bad ideas with good ideas, and Thomas Sowell has some of the best ideas I've ever heard in terms of understanding economics and, and the trade-offs that exist within economic system, systems and decisions. Um, so I highly recommend you freaks go, go find that one hour documentary. Again, it dropped last week. It's already got millions of views. This dude is Tom, Thomas Sowell is, is extremely 
underrated outside of economic circles, Austrian economic circles specifically. Um, I, I want as many people as possible to get exposed to him, his work, uh, and, and everything he stands for, because I think it's a beacon of hope and light in these, in these weird times where uh, you, you have a, a ton of censorious individuals, whether it be at the government level or at the tech, uh, technocratic level. Um, you don't beat bad ideas by censoring them. You, you beat them with good ideas. So let's get back to, to a, a, a society where we have a Socratic debates about things and we actually just hash things out, like pun intended. Um, this, is, this is what needs to happen. You know, as a pro-freedom individual, I respect your right to be anti-freedom, but I will fucking destroy you. This is true. Don't fuck with us. Matthew, uh, I have a feeling that the freaks are going to be pissed off about the audio quality of my AirPod um, headphones or my, not even AirPod headphones, the, the fucking plug-in headphones that I'm using right now. How am I sounding on your end? Is this all that we have recorded? Well, this is what we'll... You sound fantastic, okay. Marty. You all right, I just fantastic. wanted to make sure I can't hear myself. Um, we're almost two and a half hours in, too. And I, I've got bedtime and, uh, and dinner time soon. So what do we got? We're good. Let's wrap this Let's wrap this baby up. Caps Odell's going crazy on Twitter right now because we don't have a live chat. <laughs> don't get used to that live chat. Casa, uh, they raised $4 million <laughs> in a seed round. I'm used this to is it. This pretty, pretty good for the space. Casa, uh, again, a... a you freaks should know about them, but if you don't, they're a company that is providing uh, multi-sig solutions for Bitcoiners uh, who want peace of mind while holding their stash. And they just raised $4 million uh, in a seed round led by Avon Ventures um, and the, uh, I believe, Avon, Avon right? yeah, they're um, associated with Fidelity. Fidelity. Uh, and It's Fidelity's name. Yeah, it's Fidelity's VC <laughs> subsidiary. Um, and a, is their name? No one knows this fidelity. Tioga Capital, uh, Cadenza Ventures, Coinbase Ventures, uh, Champion Hill Ventures. It's a big raise for a Bitcoin only yeah, company. Yeah, and they're they're joining our our friend Nick Carter and Castle Island Ventures, Compound BC, and Precursor as well. So, yeah, I have a feeling. Um, and this is one of those predictions that Matt makes with insider knowledge. I have a feeling that we're gonna have a lot. We're gonna have a lot of huge fucking raises. Yeah. Uh, on our on our books, but but good for the boys at Casa. Yeah. Um, and just remember that if you use one of these uh, hosted multi-sig services, including our sponsor on Chain Capital, that you are trusting them with your uh, privacy. Yes. Which is fine if you trust them, but just well, trust them. Like you, you have to know. You Unchained trust is them. working on ways where they don't actually know. Okay, but right now you yeah. trust them, and it's important that you realize you trust them, and that's fine. Like I said, it's absolutely fine that you trust a company, but just know that you trust the company. Like it, you should know that you're trusting the company with your privacy, and you yes, are. Yes, understand that. the trade-offs. That's what we strive to, to to have you freaks understand here. So I had the next thing on the on the. This is pretty list, big. I I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna get a little bit of shit for it, but I think it's important that people talk about it on the Bitcoin side. Which is XMR.to has gone has shut down. They've shut down themselves after six years, um, and they cited regulatory issues as the reason. and And this is a service that allowed you to pay any Bitcoin invoice, uh, whether that was on chain or Lightning, uh, via Monero easily. 
Um, and I, I just, I just think this is something to just keep in mind as a freak. Uh, this is probably something that most freaks never use. Um, but it was a very reliable service that offered, and it offered it to privacy centric freaks, right? And, and something to consider. So it's something to just keep in mind that that, that happened. Beware freaks. And while we're on the, the privacy tip, our girl Janine, uh, this month in privacy, Bitcoin privacy, excuse me, for January has been released. Uh, we're going to link to that in the show notes if you're looking to stay up to date on everything that's going on uh, in Bitcoin with the focus on privacy uh, or a lack of privacy in the case of Chainalysis and, and their reports. Go check out this link. There's 11 um, stories this month or from January that you need highlights and, and wants to get you freaks exposed to. Let's go check it out. And then we already talked about the Bitcoin 2021 conference. It's going to be on Miami. I'm actually fucking psyched for it. I hate LA. It's going to be LA's so too good, sprawling. Bro. Miami's not my favorite city. Like I'm not like a big like club guy, and I don't like like all the high rises uh, spread out in South Beach. Well, I mean, I love Miami just fucking taking yes, over. Yes, I do man. love that as well. They've just like made every city their bitch. Yeah. Well, not Austin. I think Austin's. Uh, Kinda, but still, they took it to a whole yeah, different not, level. You know, like Austin, maybe the least of 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 all the cities, the least cut, right? yeah. Um, compared to Miami, but Miami is taking it to a whole different level, right? Like they're like going ham, they're going hard. Like who's the Austin mayor? I don't know his name, right? But Francis Suarez is going fucking ape shit over like trying to take all of our businesses from any kind of major city into his into yeah, his it's like a fucking college football recruiting coach like <laughs> with austin uh man no or francis, no, francis is or acting francis, like, a, yeah. like a fucking recruiter like i fucking love it man i fucking love it it's just like what a hustle and um bitcoin 2021 is gonna be it's gonna be dope guys it's gonna be dope i promise you i agree i'm we're working on it. It's gonna we're going to do time. our live episode there. Uh, there's going to be some celebrations going on. This, this event may fall around my 30th birthday, uh, which I'm very excited for. Um, so looking forward to seeing you guys in uh, Miami again, June 4th, June 5th. Uh, tentatively right now. It's not like locked in, correct? It's like, but pretty much locked in. No, no, it's it's really locked in. It's just like kind of like legalese or yeah. whatever, uh, and I'm not allowed to talk for them. But uh, it's yeah. locked in. Like it's uh, we're it, it's if you're if you're a mayor of a of a city, you have you can't like say that you're gonna have like a large event in in at a time in the future. Yeah during a pandemic but we so so there needs to be certain language but it's going to happen june 4th and is 5th. it even a pandemic anymore um, i heard joe biden like i'll bet i'll bet sats <laughs> that it happens june 4th and 5th. i'll put my money where my mouth is if i need to is it a pandemic anymore um, i heard I joe biden is going to vaccinate 300 americans a, <laughs> um i what only yeah 300 americans is what he's saying only 300 yeah, I mean, he's completely like 300 he's got, million or he's got marbles for brains that he was trying to say 300 million like, it's fucking embarrassing <laughs> we're just getting started it's embarrassing bro. that that guy's our president um stefan came at me for caps odell on twitter right now so i just i just you know you guys should explain explain to stefan get, get stefan in line like he should be in line what which you know, why, why is he coming at me for Caps or is it, We will make the moon our home? Or is he just like... 
Yeah, I noticed I tweeted out, we will make the Mooner home. Hashtag sad squeeze. Um, he goes, my caps lock is broken. I can't afford to buy a new keyboard because stacking sats, all caps. <laughs> he's, he's coming at me. He's coming at me. Uh, caps Odell. Caps Libera. Let's, uh, let's boycott Stefan for a week. Let's, let's show him on the downloads what happens when we turn off our auto downloads. Never. never. Subscribe. Two Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> Subscribe. And Stefan Libera's podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we love you freaks. Uh, if wherever you're listening, however you're listening, uh, please smash that subscribe button. Stop, stop hanging out in clubhouse. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, again, like we've been saying throughout this episode, we're just trying to get information about Bitcoin out to as many people as possible to get as many people on the lifeboat as possible and to make sure as few people uh, that we come into contact with our short Bitcoin as possible. Um, so we love you guys. Thank you for the shout outs. Thank you for joining us week in and week out. Um, I, this was a long rip. I fucking ran through the SD card on my Zoom recorder. So sorry for uh, a reduction in audio quality towards the back half of this episode. If it, if it did reduce, I, I can't really hear myself right now, so I couldn't tell you. You sound fine, Thank Marty. Um, I, I forgive Marty. Um, I love you, freaks. Uh, we're entering a bull market. There's going to be a lot of shit corners trying to fuck with you, just like fuck with your head, just like you can go into this investment and maybe you can make more money than if you stack sets. And there's going to be like all these different distractions. Um, people are going to tell you that Bitcoin's a bubble. They're, they're going to tell you to put your money into something else. They're going to tell you to take profits. When, when you take profit, I take profit all the time. I take it into Bitcoin. I don't take it into fucking shitty fucking money that's designed to dump forever. I mean, the U.S. dollar is literally designed to dump forever, and they call Bitcoin a scam instead of that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So I need you freaks to hold the fucking line. I need you freaks to learn. I need you freaks to fucking educate yourself and improve yourself and get motivated into doing that. I want you to practice personal responsibility. I want you to practice critical thinking, and I want you to stay humble and stack fucking sats. Peace and love, freaks. Love all y'all.